something, Ultimate Warrior. Me and all my Hulkamaniacs have had it right about up to here with all your Frankenstein talk, man. We're tired of hearing you grovel for words. We're tired of watching you search for thoughts, brother. And I'm tired of hearing you talk about injecting all of my Hulkamaniacs with the poison, brother, that'll turn them into the darkness and make them run from the light. Let me tell you something, Ultimate Warrior. January 23rd, 1984, in Madison Square Garden, brother, when I won the WWF Championship, I held up a banner that said, I fear no man or beast, brother. The only thing that wasn't on the banner, it was a ghost. And that's exactly what you're going to be, Ultimate Warrior. After WrestleMania 6, brother, when you find out where the power lies of Hulkamania in the strongest arms in the world, the 24-inch pythons, you, along with all of your warriors that are reaching down six foot below, reaching up from the darkness, you will be placed alongside of all those warriors, Ultimate Warrior, past, present, and future. The Hulkster is the greatest WWF champion there ever was and there ever will be. And after WrestleMania 6, I'm going to prove that to all those warriors that still believe in you. What you're going to do when the largest arms in the world and the power of Hulkamania destroy you? Hello and welcome to another episode of Pagat Almighty! Pagat Almighty! Pagat Almighty! Wrestling Review, the show where we crack open some lovely cans and talk about pro wrestling of yesteryear, <laughs> one pay-per-view at a time. My that. name is Graham, and as always I'm joined by my hunka hunka burning love over here, oh Dave. How he is. <laughs> and Dermot. Hello, how are you? Grand, thank you. Uh, he's alright? Yeah. That's yeah. good, isn't he? That's good, wrestling's I, I, I think I will be once I exercise these demons. Oh, that's fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, this time we're back with the World Wrestling Federation for the first WrestleMania of the 90s, and it's WrestleMania 6. I'm going to ask a question, but I already know the answer to at least one of you. Is it, had you seen it before? I had seen it many times before, but not in a long time. I did own it on VHS as a kid, and I used yeah. to watch it quite a lot, and I was convinced that it was probably the greatest pay-per-view in the history of the world before re-watching it yeah so we'll find out by the end if i still share it have that opinion okay okay watching it with adult eyes is a very different story or some uh, like were... some of it was very nostalgic and then some of it was different to how i remembered it let's mm. just say <laughs> i had seen it before but i think i'd probably seen it maybe only once or twice as a kid i didn't i didn't own the vhs um I think I watched it as an adult maybe if like I think I skipped through it when the WWE Network Force came out just to give myself a little nostalgic pop yeah but as far as mem- uh, memorizing it remembering things from it I only really remembered a couple of results and not like any finishes or spots or anything like that so yeah like it's it, it's semi-fresh if that makes sense yeah yeah same for you, Dave, or had you Absolutely seen it before? not. No, I probably haven't. I think you may as well skip this question for me up until about 1997. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't, I haven't seen it before. Okay, that's fair enough, yeah. 
what were your thoughts before we went in? Like no one, you knew, like you knew the card. The card really, definitely might have put a bit of a bias on me. I right. don't think any sort of decent three and a half hour card can have so many matches. Yeah. Um, but I was looking forward to some of them. There were some of them in there. Yeah, that, some of them on paper. Are, are some of them on paper. Them. Yeah, and yeah. some of them on paper are, were were really good. And some of them, some of those ones that were on paper that were really good weren't executed very well. And some of the ones that might have not looked as well were done better. Were like, done yeah. really well. Yeah. So, gotcha. yeah. Okay. It's WrestleMania Six, the ultimate challenge. Upon the examination of the galaxies of space, images begin to appear. Images of strange and powerful forces. But of all the forces in the universe, the two most powerful, Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior, prepare to explode. Champion versus champion. Title for title. It's the Ultimate Challenge. It's WrestleMania! Before we actually get into this pay-per-view, on March 8th, about a month before this pay-per-view, Entertainment Tonight broadcast an expose on steroid abuse in pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. And superstar Billy Graham and Bruno Sammartino both appeared on the show. So the whole steroid scandal is about to kick off. So that'll be interesting Excellent. over the next few years. Mm-hmm. So it is Sunday, April 1st, 1990, from the Sky Dome in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, the first international pay-per-view. And with an attendance, this is a weird one now, right? The claimed attendance was 67,678. The actual attendance was 67,287. <laughs> so they didn't like... Pump it up. They didn't inflated. bump it up loads. They bumped it up by like... 500. Just under 400. It's like they miscounted. Yeah, it's like they wanted to break the record, but they didn't yeah. want to make it too obvious. So they just kind of... Just nudged it over. Nudged it up a bit. Yeah, so that's... That's that now. Um, in attendance were Edge, Christian, Lance Storm, and Renee Young. Mm-hmm. So there That's you go. Nice, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and before the show, Paul Roma defeated the Brooklyn Brawler in a dark match. Referee for that uh, dark match was one Shane McMahon. Lovely. Oh no, that's nice. Isn't it's it? the first person out in front of the crowd at WrestleMania Six. That's a great old. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Little no, tidbit for you. Thanks for that little fact there, Dermot. So our commentators are Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse the Body Ventura, who've called every Wrestlemania previous and um, then we get the Canadian National Anthem sung by Robert Goulet um, I only know him from the Naked Gun 2 and a half I know him from the uh, Will Ferrell skit from Saturday Night Live from years ago do you remember that? no uh, check it out okay it's very I will ladies and gentlemen Mr. Robert Goulet hello I'm Robert Goulet okay you do too <laughs> listener <laughs> Also, that was probably the best performed national anthem that we've so seen far, so oh, far. Oh, yeah, yeah. he can actually see, like he has Grammys. Like, yeah, yeah. I know Aretha Franklin does too, but he did a, a low. They did it. Sorry, any American listeners, but they didn't obnoxiously. Is that a word? No, obnoxiously. Yes. You know, like super American because it was Canadian. It was like, here's some lovely mountains. Yeah, yeah. here's <laughs> Niagara Falls. It it wasn't too. Obnoxious. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, our very first match pits Coco Beware versus Rick the Model Martel. And the thing of note is the mini carts from WrestleMania 3 are back. Mm, They're pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because the, the um, entrance way is so long. So, uh, as I will be saying a lot on this show, 
there's no background to this match. So <laughs> <laughs> it's two wrestlers. One's a heel, one's a face, and they're gonna wrestle a match. One's a Hall of Famer, one's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the wrong one. <laughs> ah, well, yeah. Coco, he's great, really, isn't he? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Martel jumps Coco at the bell, but Coco quickly fights back with a flying crossbody and some drop kicks. Martel gets things going his way, sidestepping and throwing Coco over the top to the outside. Martel beats up Coco, including an axe handle off the middle ropes and a rib breaker. He tries to lock on the Boston Crab, but Coco fights against it and makes it to the ropes. Coco fires up and starts a comeback. He hits a pair of running headbutts, but the model kicks out at two. Coco tries a flying crossbody like the one he hit at the start of the match, but Martel ducks it, locks on the Boston Crab, forcing Coco to submit at 3 minutes 51. It's essentially just a squash match. like Yeah, yeah. like Coco just, got a little bit of offense yeah, Coco, in. Coco, to be fair to him, has a lovely drop kick. Oh, beautiful. You did two of them and they were lovely. Yeah. Um, but like yeah it's just a match to get Martel over as a heel like it's kind of the first time we've seen him as the model character yeah, think, yeah, they're yeah. trying to get that character over and yeah it's essentially just a squash match yeah it's um, it's like it reminds me of a match you'd see you know the kind of various wrestling schools here in Ireland they do the gym wars shows as they yeah, call them where yeah, they have yeah. they have like you know their new trainees put on their very first match for friends and family at a free show in the gym some experience it looks like one of those matches. It's very like very simple psychology. He hits this crossbody, then he misses it the second time, and you know what I mean. That crossbody, that crossbody spot, I didn't get it. Didn't no, like it, it didn't twig with me at all. Um, I thought that well, maybe it was just the execution of the kind of the fake out or the kind yeah. of the dodge or whatever. Like I was just completely I was like, what the fuck was that? Because yeah, he kind of like. And then I think Monsoon off his back. He didn't. Yeah, yeah he didn't, yeah, didn't look really far enough. Take, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Monsoon says weird. that was some sort of blind move. Like I, I, I think that threw me off even more. I was like, "What the fuck are you uh, talking about?" Monsoon was particularly terrible in this show. Yeah, oh, he, was terrible. he was like he was extra terrible. He's like he can, his age is shown. He's really like <laughs> just. He's not even like coming up with stupid things to defend faces being bold. He's like literally just going, "Yeah, and it's extracurricular. He can do that." Yeah, and yeah, then Jesse's yeah, like, like, "Well, what about him doing that?" Oh no, that's Grant. Yeah. Yeah, and then when the heel does, how can he do that? It's disgraceful. How dare you? There was a, f- a few cool things that I'll uh, mention about Monsoon as we go through, oh, but yeah. they're mo- they're all just um, like nostalgic stuff. Oh yeah, and it is, yeah. and stuff like yeah, yeah. I get you. So we go backstage where Mean Gene Oakland is interviewing Bobby the Brain Heenan and the Colossal Connection, and Oakland calls them the Colostomy Connection. <laughs> Classic Mean Gene. Uh, so he calls them the colostomy connection and they make a lot of shit puns as in puns about shit not as in well they probably are shit puns too yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah and then Sean Mooney is interviewing Demolition and I'd like to officially put Sean Mooney on the mull account oh really yeah Sean I Mooney. actually I was looking at Sean Mooney when he was interviewing the kids in the crowd later on in the show and I was like that is looks like the progenitor to a modern haircut oh it's definitely a mullet Maybe it was the darkness yeah. when he was in the crowd. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Also, Rick Martel's hair. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. That's a, a mullet. The mullet that the, the, yeah. the, the yeah, yeah. mullet I've ever seen. What, did, you like, did you like any of those promos? Did that stand out or were they just grand? I thought for me it looked like they had kind of changed the direction of how they actually cut promos. Now, Demolition gone through the, uh, this is what I do and this is what I do. 
yeah. um, I don't know it just it just kind of felt new to me it felt very cheesy like it felt like yeah kind of, with that kind of fake locker room set yeah, that they have yeah, built yeah yeah. Over, yeah definitely like and, and even the colostomy connection like yeah. you know that's yeah. I, I don't know if we've ever heard a joke like that no in a promo, we haven't promo there's, yet, like. there's more jokes later on that are very um, risque I would say yeah, for yeah. 1990 definitely especially yeah. with some of the guest interviewers yeah demolitions pro- or promo is like the most bog standard demolition promo. We're ever. gonna smash him. Uh, we're gonna axe him. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that does lead us to match number two, which is for the WWF Tag Team Championships. The champions, the Colossal Connection, Andre the Giant and Haku, are defending against Demolition, Axe and Smash. So on December nineteenth, nineteen eighty nine, in a match broadcast on the thirtieth of December. Uh, the Colossal Connection defeated Demolition for the tag team titles. And in the Royal Rumble match on our last WF episode, Demolition eliminated Andre and later in the match, Haku eliminated Smash. So this is their rematch uh, and their feud. So the Connection jumped Demolition before the bell, but Axe and Smash quickly get control and hammer Haku around the ring. Haku survives and turns the tables with a throat thrust to Axe. Haku beats down Axe with some power moves, chokes and rest holes, and Andre and Bobby Heenan get some shots in behind the ref's back too. Axe is whipped into the corner but manages to hit a desperation clothesline and gets the hot tag to Smash which gets a big pop. Smash floors Haku and Demolition hit both opponents with double clotheslines. Andre grabs hold of Smash but he ducks and Haku ends up super kicking Andre into the ropes where he gets tied up. Demolition then hit Haku with a Demolition decapitation to win the tag team titles for the tour time and end the Colossal Connection's 109 day reign at 9 and a half minutes. I know um, I say this every time, but mm. the demolition decapitation must be the most violent name for a move. It's very violent, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. It's dead. I really liked the hot tag to the finish. I thought all that. I I have the I I literally have the exact same really thing good, written down. Before here. that was, it meh. was just meh. Yeah. Yeah. Bog standards. The hot tag to the finish hot, was really good. Though, it really, yeah. I think it made up for it. To be honest, yeah. Um, yeah. the crowd were fucking loving this match. Yeah. By they the were, way. yeah, yeah. You know, I, I thought this match was quite fun. Like. I thought Haku was the workhorse of the match. Well, obviously yeah, Andre absolutely. never tagged yeah, in. It was, yeah, it was yeah. quite. <laughs> he's fucked. Like it was quite sad. All of Andre's involvement, but the rest of it, yeah. I, I quite enjoyed. Especially so, yeah. yeah, the hot tag. And at the after end. the match, Bobby Heenan goes mad and slaps Andre, blaming him for the loss. So Andre decks him and then decks Haku before taking the ring cart back by himself to a pretty big face ovation. He gets a pop, like one hundred percent. Very, you know, uh, very generous saying that Andre. Uh, Decked Bobby Heenan. Well, he missed, completely he missed, missed him the first time, and then the second two, time, two out of three slaps like, touches him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually even found myself looking at Andre as he was going back up in the yeah. cart, thinking like, "What, well, Jay's like?" Since he's kind of coming across like a face now, yeah. he's not nearly as disgusting looking. Yeah, you know, maybe it's because it wasn't close up. But. Yeah, <laughs> we will see him on the wrestling summit episode, special episode we do. But this is the final pay per view match of Andre the Giant. He'll make sporadic appearances in the WF as part of storylines, and we will see him again on pay-per-views as part of those storylines, but never as a wrestler. Uh, From 90 to 92, he'd do three tours a year of All Japan Pro Wrestling, working tag matches with Joint Baba, and he also did a final tour of Mexico in 92 in the UWA, working six-man matches. Here's a weird tidbit. His second last ever WWF match was teaming with the Rockers against Mr. Fuji and the Orient Express in 91 at a house show in Belfast. Oh well, wow, which That's is fairly strange. Fucking yeah. hell. Uh, his final ever match was in November of '92, and he died on January 27, '93, of congestive heart failure due to his gigantism, at age 46 in Paris, France, where he was visiting to attend his own father's funeral. Yeah. So that's a bit holy sad. shit. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so your thoughts and memories of Andre and what you've thought of him and stuff. <laughs> well, I think like we've never. I think we were a decade seen, too late. Yeah, we? we've never seen the best of. We him. didn't yeah, definitely. Sure. His 70s. Uh, 
is when well from what I've read and what I've heard that's when he was like Andre the fucking giant yeah yeah, yeah. proper yeah, yeah for um, he, he, can't, he hasn't really like he's been in plenty of matches but he hasn't worked a lot at no all. he's holding on to the ropes for a lot of those matches yeah, he's, yeah. He, we unfortunately basically saw him as a cripple like exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. literally just put out there because he's giant he, mm-hmm. yeah he could still get a reaction from the crowd and oh he was still, still yeah over. Like he's still like over he could do oh that was a lovely camp. lovely very very little by the time we got to see him oh yeah so, yeah just kind of sad he's very time, memorable obviously. even though like I don't remember him being terrible no like, thinking back as a kid I'm like Andre the Giant is a big giant you never thought yeah, yeah. he was really bad because yeah. he can't move like kind of makes you uh, appreciate how much the big show can even still now do yeah well the big show yeah. got the surgery to yeah, yeah stop growing i suppose mm. and andre didn't so he was fairly fucked unfortunately so we go backstage where me and gene interviews jimmy hearth and earthquake who was very horrible and sweaty oh it's disgusting <laughs> they really need to get him better gear like crazy yeah early. for sure <laughs> it's uh, pretty horrible. Um, Probably isn't half bad though. In I that last think. match though, Smash has a mullet. Would I? Would, can we say that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And of course, Jimmy Hart has a mullet who is being interviewed now. That's four. That's four of them. Um, earthquake, Skullet. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, hundred percent. So that's five of them then. And Hercules. Mm. Oh, let me take a look. That's like a permi permi mullet. Uh, I think it might be might be grasping at a few straws there. Oh, I don't know. It's very Ron. S- oh, that's a mullet. I yeah. see a party in the back there. I'm going. I'm going to okay. call. It's very Ron Simmons, Butch Reed mullety. Okay, is that okay? Six of them. A lovely six. So, uh, match number three is Earthquake versus Hercules. I like Earthquake's music and the fact that it's meant to sound like an earthquake. It's kind of cool. also told that Earthquake has sent 28 men to the hospital so that's fairly intimidating uh, Hercules unloads right hands giving Earthquake a busted nose and sending him for a breather outside Earthquake comes back in and calls for a test of strength which he easily dominates and beats on Hercules Hercules fights back and hits a flurry of shoulder tackles and clotheslines but it only gets Earthquake down to one knee Hercules tries to pick Earthquake up in a torture rack the fucking Egypt <laughs> like you're not that strong <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but Earthquake floors him with an elbow and flattens him with the Earthquake splash for a three count just shy of five minutes this is a match that happened. This is a match that happened. Yeah. There's no point in even reviewing it, is there? One thing that it's I, not terrible. One thing that I would like to point out yes. is, is and we might have seen it before, we might have talked about it before, but, uh, the stomp. Mm-hmm. Before wor- the earthquake splash? Yes. Yeah. It's worse than the Garvin stomp. It's, but he doesn't do anything to them. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. <laughs> is just, it not to like disorientate them or some <laughs> shit? Yeah, no, I'm not defending it. It's awful. Like it's, yeah. it's, ah. Oh, could someone get him a new singlet? It's so sweaty and yeah, vile and Oh, he's a pig. He's a <laughs> fucking pig. He's a big, horrible arse. He isn't a bad worker. No, no he's not. For he's a big man as well. Fucking horrible. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that stomp is horrible. I thought you were actually talking about Hercules stomping when he punches as Oh, well. he stomps no. so hard. Yeah. His leg so comes up to about, to about hip height. Like, yeah. It's very bad. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was a match that happened. I do like the idea of the aftershock where he just does his finisher again after the match. Yeah, that's really well, yeah, Which yeah, he did yeah. here. He hit Hercules with another uh, earthquake splash for good measure. And we go backstage where Rona Barrett is interviewing Miss Elizabeth. So Rona Barrett is a 62-year-old gossip columnist 
an occasional actress and TV host who hasn't hosted a TV show in five years. So she's the perfect celebrity for a wrestling demographic, isn't she? Absolutely. Because all them lads read gossip. All them children read gossip columns. <laughs> Fucking hell, lads. Anyway, Miss Elizabeth says she'll be back in the World Wrestling Federation soon in a more physical capacity. It's only a couple of hours away, though. Mm. Yeah, uh-huh. That's what she says. Um, I guess it's the first time I've heard her speak at length on a yeah. review. Yeah, definitely. Apart from, yes, me and Jean. Yeah, no, yeah, Jean. exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I liked it. The fact that she got to speak in general. Mm. like mm. It wasn't amazing, but it was grand. Um, then we go backstage where Sean Mooney is interviewing Brutus Beefcake, who makes about seven barber puns. That, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to be in Sean Mooney's shoes in that situation that uh, fucking guy with his fucking hedge clippers the yeah. eyes on him he's coked out of it he is absolutely I, I just sniffed. would not trust him whatsoever no no so it's match number four it's Mr. Perfect versus Brutus the Barber Beefcake so at the Royal Rumble, Beefcake faced Perfect's friend, the Genius. As Beefcake was cutting the Genius's hair, Perfect ran in and hit Beefcake with a Perfect Plex and attacked him with a chair. On February 17th episode of Superstars, Beefcake was in a match with Rick Rude, which ended in disqualification when Perfect and the Genius ran in and all three heels beat down Beefcake. On the house show circuit as well, they've had Perfect versus Beefcake ending in a double countout or double disqualification finish. This one's fairly exciting out of the gate, and Mr. Perfect bumps in and out of the ring like a madman. It's all beefcake for the most part. Beefcake calls for the sleeper, prompting the genius to climb on the apron to argue with the ref, while also slowly passing his metal scroll to Perfect, which he uses to floor beefcake behind the ref's back. Perfect lays in the boots and chops. Beefcake takes advantage of Perfect talking trash and grabs Perfect's legs, slingshots him headfirst into the steel ring post, and pins him in 7 minutes 48 seconds bringing an end to Mr. Perfect's undefeated streak. This was his undefeated streak. That was the finish of it. Awful. Like. Awful. I Did, did I mention it on commentary? Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. I must have missed it. Yeah. Probably because you were crying. Probably, yeah. How bad I, that finish was. I thought it was a fairly poor match overall, to be honest. Yeah. It like, wasn't. Mr. Perfect bumping at the start. Yeah. It was kind of. Oh, bad. yeah. No, definitely. But, like, but you're right. Like, Mr. Perfect. This is the worst Mr. Perfect Boy, yeah, yeah, boy, yeah I and I wouldn't really blame more. him. No, absolutely no. not. No, no, no. Yeah, like I know Brutus isn't amazing, but he's 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 competent. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I was expecting a lot more from this match. I actually thought so was I. Brutus's I was really match with uh, the Genius at the Royal Rumble was, was much a lot better, better than this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But, I agree with you. And at the same time, I don't blame Mister Perfect for this yeah. one being bad. So I don't know if it was just an off night. Or, yeah, they, or they had no chemistry had, or, or what had the too story much coke was. in his veins yeah I don't know yeah it was a bit off like I just think Mr. Perfect's undefeated streak going out in that way was fucking awful how long had he been undefeated for at this stage since his debut yeah two years <laughs> two years. years he's never been pinned on paper yeah, yeah. what the fuck Mary Tyler Moore loved it she did love it <laughs> Sake. So After the match, the genius tries to steal the hair clippers, but Brutus gives chase. Mr. Perfect leaves while Beefcake puts the genius in a sleeper hold and cuts his hair. His hair looks awful. And it's quite funny. He still has the, like, his hair's still all fucked up from the Royal Rumble, despite that being three months ago. <laughs> they obviously just were like, yeah, we're going to have to fuck your hair up just so it, like, looks like you're still trying to hide the shitty hair. <laughs> well, Brutus definitely has a mullet. Oh, yeah, yeah ding, ding. Sure. And so does Court Henning. Mr. Perfect, no? It's kind of brushed forward there, but... No? Are we going to say no? 
I'd say the genius does. The genius does. Genius does. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say uh, does. The genius. No, no, no genius. Perfect. I would say genius. Genius does. does. Perfect, okay, so beefcake seven, genius eight. Yeah, eight. I think and we leave Mister Perfect alone. Yeah. Okay. This. I was going to say this will make you happy for beefcake going over perfect. It's very mean. Um. So this is beefcake's final pay per view match for three years. Holy shit. Um. Because in July, while helping a friend get into a parasailing harness, the driver mistook a cue to. Go, resulting in the girl's knee has been driven into Beefcake's face at 35 miles an hour, smashing his facial skeleton and requiring a complete reconstructive surgery with metal plates and screws. Oh my god. Fucking hell. Yeah, so it was a fair, so his career was like put on hold for put three years because he was yeah, yeah. fucked. His uh, face was destroyed essentially. Yeah, basically. Uh, he was. He came back to TV in about 91 or 92 at the barbershop, but he didn't wrestle at all like his because his face was still healing. Yeah, and, yeah. Like underneath. So that's fairly fucked up isn't it that is very fucked up yeah Yeah, I didn't know that happened to him yeah I'm just gonna have to take a little breather here lads cause we've got match number 5 coming and there's a lot to talk about unfortunately there is a lot to talk about Um. so we go backstage where Mean Gene Oakland is interviewing Roddy Piper and it's not a bad promo like except for the fact that Piper is in blackface. Half blackface. Half blackface. What? What is going on? He's the face as well. Like, like is but that's what was it? What, what was he saying about something? Scott. Hot rod or hot Scott? Hot rod or hot still Scott? Still doesn't make like what? What does that mean? What does that mean? Why is why is, he is going hot for Scott the William the Wallace one? look? No, it wasn't if he was blue. going for the William blue. Wallace one, it would have been blue. <laughs> That'd be fun. Well, like, I mean, <laughs> no, that's Ray clearly blackface. That's stage. clearly blackface because he's wrestling right. He. When he, he debuted this on TV and came out singing Michael Jackson, beat it. Right. <laughs> Tell me that's not black, like, just being a racist, like. It was absolutely, I, th- I was baffled. Like, what is he even trying here? Yeah, I was You're not funny, baffled. you're not edgy, you're f- like, I like Piper, but this really pissed me off. I'm like, you're just, I think he thinks he's smarter than he is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Good promo, though. Yeah, pity, <laughs> pity it's laced with fucking racism, like. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? Right, so match number five is one Bad News Brown versus Rowdy Roddy Piper. At the Royal Rumble, Piper eliminated Bad News, but then Bad News grabbed Piper's hair from the outside and eliminated Piper in return, ending with both men brawling to the back. Three weeks later on the Wrestling Challenge, Bad News came out and cut a promo, which brought out Piper and ended in another pull-apart brawl. What, are you talking about the build-up or the actual match? The build-up. Yeah, (laughs) exactly, like... (laughs) <laughs> uh, so the match is a rough, rough and tumble brawl from the start Bad News has most of the offence thumping Piper around the ring while the ref checks Piper after an eye poke Bad News m- removes one of the top turnbuckles but ends up colliding with it himself when Piper reverses an Irish whip Piper pulls a fingerless glove out of his trunks puts it on and lays into Brown the brawling spills outside where things get wild and both men are counted out at 6 minutes 48 and after the match they brawl up the oil to the back I thought it was just probably one of the shittest matches in the card in my opinion mm. this is fucking dire Brutal. Um, what did any of it mean? Like, what that, is that fingerless glove thing? What about? was it? About? What is the blackface thing about? What is? Why what? won't either of them lose? <laughs> Ever. We've never seen. Ever. Poi- we've never seen Piper be pinned. Have we seen Bad News Brown be pinned? Yeah, we have. He tends or to just walk we? away as Even well. Has he been killed? No, he's yeah. never been eliminated. He's just left. he just counts himself. Yeah. yeah. So neither of them have been pinned. Like lads, take a pin. Just take the L. Just do. It. Yeah, Fuck I thought it was a shit very, match. It was, a, it was a, yeah. I was, I was very disappointed. Um, Fucking garbage. You know what's not disappointing though? Let me have a listen. Nice. Oh, it's lovely. 
Should I like the way I put my ear to my microphone as if like <laughs> that's gonna sound, transfer? No, it's not gonna happen. Like there's there's not really a whole lot to say, a whole lot more to say, is there? Not at all. Not mm. at all. Yeah. Bit sad, really, isn't yeah, it? Because like, no, I like it Piper. I'm a Piper fan, like, and I'm disappointed. I think he thinks he's smarter than he is in this. How do you mean, by what do you Just mean? Just like that? he thinks he's like doing something that could be considered maybe edgy or like or satire. I don't know what he's got. I don't yeah, know what he's going for. Maybe, is the problem. Yeah, but I think yeah. he thinks he's going for something that's not there. If that makes sense. Even yeah. when he's coming out and he puts his fist up really slowly. It's like, like a Black Panther the black fist that he pulls up like a did black not fist. notice that. Oh, that's that's really not at all. Fucking yeah. weird. Oh, oh, it's very awkward. No, in I don't know. I'd say even at the time it was very awkward, but in 2019 it's like oh, it's yeah. Fucking, oh Jesus, yeah. oh Jesus, oh, Jesus. We get a backstage skit in the showers with Steve Allen and the Bolsheviks. So Steve Allen is another celebrity who just isn't for the demographic, like. I, mean, I did like him though. I did like him. Yeah. But that might be because I'm now 32 and not six or five. When I, you know what I mean? Yeah, he ke- he's playing the piano in the showers and he keeps saying he's going to do the Soviet National yeah, Anthem and he yeah. just keeps playing a few <laughs> stupid songs. Looney Tunes. Looney, yeah, Looney Tunes is a good word for it. Oh, hi, folks. I'm here in this uh, appropriate acoustic environment to rehearse the Russian National Anthem with my favorite Soviet Union tag team partners, Nikolai Volkov and Boris Yukov. You ready, guys? Okay, I don't plan to hit it that hard, but I'll do my best. I get no kick from Ukraine. Hey, that's not the Russian National Anthem. I know that. It's just a little joke to warm up the crowd. Give us a break here. Okay, here we go. Hey! Hey yourself, I know it's not the Russian National Anthem. What is it? You play the Polish National Anthem. <laughs> well, send your postcards directly to him. Anyway, we're still warming up. Here we go now. A one and a two and... Perestroika and Glasnost, I dig them the utmost. And how is your sister tonight? Hey, we're getting hot for you warming up. Let's go. Enough with the hay. No more Stalin. Okay, let's do one from the hard folks. Let's do one for the homeland. Let's hear it from Mother Russia. Here we go. So match number six is the Hart Foundation versus the Bolsheviks. The Bolsheviks sing the Soviet National Anthem, but the Hart Foundation have enough jumped them. And will close Williams Volkov out of the ring. They hit Sukov with a heart attack and pin him 19 seconds. There you go. This is probably the first <laughs> real example of faces doing a heel thing. Non-face stuff. Yeah, yeah you're atta- I know that look, no Hart's Canadian. Anvil's American, whatever, but the lads are just singing their national anthem. And they get them. hopped on. Yeah, you get hopped on. Like, that's not something that a babyface does, in my opinion. No, you respect exactly. the national Like, yeah, yeah. Jesse Ventura on commentary is like, weren't you standing up, gorilla? I'm standing up. <laughs> so, like, the heel is being the most respectful. The heel commentator is the most respectful man in the building. Like. Yeah, actually, you know what? I'll say this now. I thought, like, the on- one of the only kind of saving graces of this show so far has been Jesse Ventura. Yeah. Um, his his uh, lack of tolerance for monsoon's bullshit absolute and fucking all bullshit of the all of the food jokes he towards <laughs> the, he keeps like and the the like towards the end he keeps putting on more the only time he doesn't slag him is during the main event he's serious he gets serious in the main event yeah, but yeah other absolutely. than that he's just like fuck off is that right there that yeah. mic yeah no it's gone it's not picking up our dermot is it say something mm, dermot it was uh, a very 
Yep. Quick and bad match. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't a bad match. It just had two moves. Yeah, it wasn't a match. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. Even, yeah, like, well, oh. it was just the, the whole idea of it. Was yeah, of bad. course. Uh, we get an ad for WrestleMania 7. As Vince, like, Vince gives up. it loads. He's going absolutely Hello. mental for it. Were they actually planning to have over 100,000 at WrestleMania 7? Yeah. Yeah. And then tickets didn't sell, so they had to move to the venue across the road, and there was only, I believe it's as of today... WrestleMania 7 is the lowest attended WrestleMania of all time. No way. Despite so him saying we're going to sell 100,000 yeah, tickets. Yeah. yeah. So Monsoon, that's not great, is it? Monsoon said something funny about that. He was uh, he was about to say, I'm going to... He was talking about how excited he was for it, but then like he started speaking, and then he stopped and started again, but he put in the phrase, if I'm there. As if he thought he was going to... I don't know whether he's going to... Die or get the, the sack or, or get what? the sack or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bit ominous, isn't it? If like, I'm like, there, I'm going to love it. He says something like that, you know? Holy God. Okay, then. Cheers, Gorilla. We get a backstage interview where Mean Gene interviews Tito Santana. Uh, I thought Santana's promo was very bland, but I thought Mean Gene's questioning of the promo was very good. Yeah, definitely. He said something like, you're a man whose previously a tag team success went so on to barbarian. single success... Do you think Barbarian can do the same thing? I thought that was a very... That's what a backstage interview should be like. Yeah, a journalist. Like, that yeah. Was, yeah. It was very good. Good line of questioning yeah. there. So match number seven is the Barbarian versus Tito Santana. So just a little note is that on the March 10th episode of Superstars, Mr. Fuji sold the Warlord's contract to Slick and sold Barbarian's contract to Bobby Heenan. So in effect, the powers of the pain are split up. So in this match, there's some back and forth wrestling, pitting the Barbarian's strength versus Santana's speed. Barbarian hits a vicious big boot and a shoulder breaker, but misses an elbow drop, allowing Santana to fight back. He hits the flying forearm, but Heenan puts Barbarian's foot on the rope before three. Barbarian counters Santana, sending him throw force into the top rope, hits a diving lariat and wins the match in four and a half... I was about to say four and a half seconds, four and a half minutes. Another filler match. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was decent This was match. The, This was the first match in the card that I actually kind of said to myself, this isn't bad. Yeah. This like, is this is decent. Like. The big boot. Oh, it's okay. oh, yeah, I'm glad the big boot was that. vicious. Was yeah, horrible. <laughs> that the, that the, was literally he just kicked him in the face. Yeah, literally he just did. Kicked yeah. Him in the, face, yeah. <laughs> the clothesline finish was pretty good as well. It was, it was fairly stiff and smooth, yeah, and it very, was nice, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. definitely. But the, um, I thought this was like it was filler. No, you know, no, no doubt about it. It was better filler than what we've had up to now. Yeah, it was I, a solid four and a half match and I actually you know, I think this is four and a half minutes yeah. not four and a half stars so, no Jesus well like, the stars go up to like seven or eight now anyway so, so no, like. four and a half is, four and a half is basically average now yeah average yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, this is actually where Ventura started talking about the food stuff started saying gorilla stuff in his face with hot dogs like no he started saying uh, Chico should have brought some of his uh, his food and given it to Barbarian and that would have won the match and he says that innocuously before mm. the match even starts and I was yeah. thinking to myself What's he talking about? Is it because like he's Mexican? Like yeah, and then later on and he, then goes, he starts talking about enchiladas. Yeah, and he's and like, "Have you ever had one of his enchiladas? Be, you won't be right for a week." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, classic racist Ventura. Mm. Oh, that's not racist, but it's just very funny. Like I think it's more so um, topical, or not topical, but like kind of you know, yeah, specific to the character, <laughs> I guess. You know. So there's 14 matches on this card, and we've already covered seven. Fucking hell. So like, can you do maths? What what um, what wait uh, what what fraction is seven of fourteen seven over fourteen? What's the common uh, denominator? It's the calf. It's a half, yeah. is it? Oh, is that? Are we halfway through? Yeah. <gasps> so is it? Half time history. Half time history. 
Yes, halftime history. We are in April of 1990. So since our last pay-per-view, WrestleWar in February, think what's happened? What has happened? What has happened? So the Irish number one is the most Irish thing you'll ever fucking hear in your life. It is the Boy Road to Glen Row by Mick Lally. <laughs> the Boy Road. Yeah. Did Ireland even have Boy Roads in the 1990s? <laughs> the Boy Road to Glen Row by Mick Lally. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers, Paul. Okay. Uh, the US number one is slightly better, being Black Velvet by Alana Miles. Which is fucking fucking absolute tune. And music of note that was released around the time was the album Still Got the Blues by Gary Moore, which Mm. is a belter. Films, the number one film in the box office was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Cool. Ah, cool. Yes, and other films released uh, in that time were The Hunt for Red October with Sean Connery and Alec Baldwin and Pretty Woman with Julia Roberts. TV. Do you remember Dog Tanyon and the Three Muscat Hounds? I do, I do. Yeah, yeah that, well. that debuted. And then Alf ended. Well, Yeah. It obviously was still shown in the yeah, reruns. reruns. Yeah, 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 but Alf uh, came to an end. Video game, Konami released Snake's Revenge, the sequel to Metal Gear for the cool, NES. Cool, cool. And then another thing that happened is uh, current Impact Wrestling star Jordan Grace was born. Mm. There you go. There you go. I told you, I told you this before, she's published two books. Containing a collection oh, yeah, of, of all the creeps, the D, all, all the creeps DMing her, and she's uh, nice. she's putting some, yeah, it's a good thing to make money. She's off. put like a lot of the money to charity for like okay. women's abuse and stuff. Oh, that's like, good, yeah, that's yeah. very good. I like that, yeah, yeah, definitely. Boy Jordan Grace's book, then, and tell her we sent you, so then we might get some <laughs> popularity. Uh, <laughs> tell her we sent you, <laughs> do yeah. So that's what's been happening in the world around 1990. Actually, that's grand, isn't it? So we go backstage where Sean Mooney interviews Dust, Duff De Rhodes and Sweet Sapphire. <sighs> Uh, how did you hate this? <laughs> I, I won't say how did you like this because I don't think you did. I didn't hate it. I just think Dusty Rhodes, and he's, don't get me wrong, legend, absolutely fantastic, great worker. He's just disgusting to look at. Like, he's the most <laughs> horrible thing I've ever, especially in that polka dot fucking singlet. Like the, 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 I don't know what's the story with his, his head. It's all the, the blade It's all the jobs, blade jo- the dodgy blade there's jobs. There's a big yeah. fucking patch on his forehead that's just grey. It's rotten. And then on his arms, all the cuts in his arms, yeah, he's getting barbed wire. Yeah, I remember he bladed in the bunkhouse stampede match on his arm. Like, uh, no need. Stop trying to make that shit match good. Like. <laughs> we fucking hated that match. The combination of that the vi- that the visuals and the the sound of them, <laughs> it's just enough. To you got look. that all wrong, Sean Mooney. Sweet <laughs> got, got the crown jewel. We got the what you don't know about royalty. <laughs> And what's funny enough as well, actually, if you actually hear Dream like actually speaking normally, it doesn't sound like that at all. No, he doesn't. Like it's, it's, just, just, like, it's just a gas. Like yeah, it's he hams it up like, <laughs> yeah. and it's very good. Okay, so match number eight, which is billed as the first ever intergender tag team match in WF history, even though it's not really. Did is you it? know it was the first ever? No, I didn't. Because they said it a lot. All right, I actually didn't. Is it? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. It's the first one at WrestleMania. Yeah, well, first televised one. Perhaps. It's not even really an intergender match, though, is it? In a, like another two of them are the mix. I think mixed is when men can hit women, and intergender is when only. Women oh, is can it? Hit women. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. fair enough. But even then, the it's women, the women just batter the lads constantly. Yeah, in this, constantly. And the lads yeah, yeah. do a few bits to the women as well. So it's the Macho King Randy Savage and Sensational Queen Sherry against the American Dream Dusty Rhodes and Sweet Sapphire. So at the Royal Rumble, Sherry and Brother Love verbally degraded Sapphire, which we shot all over because it was a horrible segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Sapphire physically retaliated, Savage ran in and grabbed Sapphire, but was soon followed by Dusty Rhodes and all four brawled. 
The week before WrestleMania on an episode of Wrestling Challenge, Rhodes and Savage faced off in a singles match, but it ended in disqualification when Sherry got involved. Sapphire then got involved and threw Sherry around the ring. Um, before we get into this match, do you like their entrance attire, uh, Queen Sherry and King Savage? Yes. I think yes. I think her dress robe thing is very... It reminds me of a, a Disney villain in a like you know yeah, like Maleficent like or something Flash like that. Gordon or something. Yeah, but like she's evil. Yeah, flat, yeah. she's cool. I think she looks. I like heavy. it. I really like the gear. Yeah, yeah. I also yeah. like Macho's leather jacket and his sunglasses. Oh yes. Yeah, anything, anything. Basically, I, I like yeah. I like Macho Man Randy Savage from yeah. head to toe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? Like he's fucking deadly. He is deadly. Interestingly is enough. There was points in this match where the crowd seemed to like him as well, even though he's the he's obvious heel. Yeah. Just he's yeah. so he's so charismatic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right. So um, Rhodes cuts a promo in the ring and brings out Miss Elizabeth. Savage and Rhodes start. There's a handful of spots where the heels accidentally collide into each other. Sapphire uses her big arse to bump Sherry around, which gets a pop. The heels eventually take control and both work over Rhodes. Savage throws Sapphire to the floor when she tries to intervene. Savage hits Rhodes with the scepter behind the ref's back and Sherry hits a diving splash, but Rhodes kicks out a two. The faces start a comeback. Sapphire throws Sherry out and Elizabeth immediately throws her back in. When Sherry starts arguing with Elizabeth, Elizabeth pushes Sherry, causing her to fall back over a bent-down Sapphire who pins her at 7.52. This match was silly, but I kind of liked it. Yeah, I would, I would, I would agree with that. It wasn't a good match, but no. it was entertaining. It was, yeah, yeah, it's it entertaining. Fun. Yeah, 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 fun. Yeah, yeah. Some of the spots between, like the the kind of the the male female kind yeah. of thing. Some of those spots were really interesting. Yeah, they were. They were cool, good, like, weren't they? I thought it was. Yeah, it was fun and silly and entertaining more so than you know a fabulous in ring war. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, the amount of fucking vaults over the top rope to the to the floor that. Randy Savage. He did, did like three or something. Like, I, I was like, fucking hell, that's deadly. <laughs> He's a bit fucking great, isn't he? Yeah. Our yeah. L Randy. Um, also, Miss Elizabeth constantly looks like she has no idea what's going on. <laughs> or why she's in the place yeah. that she's in. No, I hear you. I hear you. you know, you're, she's you're, just like... Mm, like kind of vague. There's yeah. no camera here, so you can't see the face I'm making, but you get the impression. No, I get you. I get you. Um, Darren, you liked it and entertained? Yeah, yeah. It was like... It was not amazing by any stretch of the imagination, but it was... Entertaining, nostalgic, yeah. fun, like yeah, nostalgic. That's this is the kind it of it was full of characters. This is yeah. the um, although obviously that ma- the match I'm about to mention was better in ring. It's like the Kurt Angle Ronda Rousey Triple H Stephanie McMahon match. Not, yeah. the, not the most perfect in ring. You know, you've got Stephanie who's a part time worker and Ronda yeah. who's never wrestled before, but you got a pop. It entertained you. There was cool moments. You know, that sort yeah, of way. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah um, no, yeah, I. I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't kinda of rate this match alongside the rest of the, the card so far, you know yeah. what I mean? I definitely rate it higher. So after this is basically intermission for the crowd. And we get lots of filler segments. So first we get Mean Gene interviewing Bobby Heenan, which is pretty good. The two lads are fucking bantering off. Each Absolutely. Other. The two they of them are, together are fucking uh, unreal. <laughs> they are fucking gone. This was for, the one where uh, Bobby Heenan He's was sweating up, and, and he's he, giving and out he's, about Andre. He he, he 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 stumbles. He stumbles. And yeah, I, I, I wasn't sure whether it was whether he actually legitimately stumbled or whether he was just queuing up me and Gene. To, to, to ask him why he's stumbling. Like, yeah. And like that, 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 that to me is, that's, uh, that's a demonstration of just two lads who are good at what they do. Yeah, you know, very good. Making oh, me question unbelievable. That, like, you know? Was that legit or not? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it was very excellent. Good. I, was, I loved um, it. I absolutely loved it. Family members falling like the Berlin Wall. Bobby Heenan, I find that you're tougher to get along than a mother-in-law on a weekend visit to my house. Don't you concern yourself 
about getting along with me. I'm the easiest guy in the world to get along with. But when you're 540 pounds and you're 7 feet 4 and it takes two and a half hours for the blood to reach the brain, you don't think real white, Wait right? Wait a minute, Bo Bobby Eden. Where do you have the, the nerve to hit Andre the Giant in the face? Well, I'll tell you where I got the, the nerve to hit Andre in the face. You take orders from me. I'm the head of the family. You listen to me, you go to the top. You don't listen to me, you're never heard from again. You have just committed, pal. What, are you lost for words for the first time? No, I'm not. You are. We've lost the championship because he stood on the apron, wouldn't get in the ring, wouldn't help Haku. Haku had to carry the load. You, Is he lazy? Is he incompetent? What? I'm through with him. Don't air up. I'm starting a new family. I'm bringing in new members, ones that will listen, All right. ones that will Let's care Let's go back me. to Jesse Ventura right and Gorilla Monsoon out in the arena area. Jesse Ventura and Gorilla Monsoon do a piece with Rona Barra. Uh, where she basically says she found a Jesse Ventura sex tape. That's the gist. That's it. That's it's, it. It's very strange for like I was like, what? Yeah. Do you remember that bit from your VHS tape? No, no, I don't. <laughs> probably just went over my head. To be yeah, fair. yeah. It, it, it's the, it, she's it, like from the adult, adult library. Yeah, it, that's the only part yeah. that really <laughs> mentions what yeah. it is. Like. And Jesse's like, oh, no, that's it. What, what? Stallone. Yeah, and then he's like, change that. He's like, oh yeah, just cut to this. Cut to that promo. Yeah, he just. That's very... And Gorilla's like, I want to see that, Jesse! <laughs> yeah. I thought that was very funny. Uh, then we get me and Gene interviewing Demolition, who are still sweating despite their match ending six matches ago. <laughs> it was shouty-shouty again, wasn't it? The same yeah. thing. Uh, me and Gene then in interviews Hulk Hogan, who gives a very lengthy promo. Mm. It's typical Hogan. And typical then Hogan. Sean Rooney tries to interview the Warrior, but Warrior just tells him to get away from him because he's not the same type of person. He's a normie, he says. You're a normie. You're not in the same plane as... Warrior or Hogan is what yeah, he says. Yeah, yeah. And then he cuts basically uh, a monologue. It's a nonsense. It's a oh, nonsense monologue. Absolute nonsense. Grammar Dar all over the place. <laughs> like, what's Dar going on? Yeah, Darren, you teach school. So what, how did you feel about... Um, <laughs> how did you feel about the Ultimate Warrior's prose? Well, sure. I, <laughs> I couldn't understand because I'm a mere mortal. Oh. I'm not on the same plane. Oh, oh I see, so. I see. <laughs> well, you're, you're the biggest warrior mark of the three of us. So I feel, I'd like to hear your opinion on this, on this uh, soliloquy. <laughs> it was um, brilliant. Very that's good prose. That's good prose. Yeah, it was very warriory. <laughs> is that a word? Warriory? It isn't. It is. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was bad. But you know, if you didn't actually listen to anything he was mm. saying, you could be entertained by his intensity. Um, yeah. That's yeah. No. That's... Absolutely. The intensity yeah. was one hundred percent entertaining. All right. But he said he wants to fuse the Hulkamaniacs and the the warriors. Oh yeah, into one. Into one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's. I understand what he's trying to say. It's just yeah, fucking so, bizarre. Oh, it's so it's so bizarre. <laughs> but it's a bit of crack, like. Match number nine pits the Orient Express Sato and Tanaka versus the Rockers Marty Janetti and Shawn Michaels. Who are the Orient Express? Tanaka, who is the one with the mullet. Bing Bing number nine. Real name Pat Tanaka is actually American and from Hawaii, and he is a second generation wrestler. His father was a wrestler known as Duke Kiyomuka. Who? who helped train him along with Hiro Matsuda and the New Japan Dojo and he debuted in 1984 he wrestled in New Japan for two years before returning to the US and wrestling in the Continental Wrestling Association teaming with Paul Diamond as Bad Company where they held the company's tag titles four times including a victory over future partner Sato and his par partner Tarzan Goto the team moved to the AWA in 1988 where they were managed by Diamond Dallas Page <laughs> and won the AWA World Tag Team titles by defeating the Rockers so they're familiar with them here Bad Company split in late 89 and had a singles feud against each other early into 1990 before Tanaka signed with the WWF. And then Sato, real name Akio Sato, 
debuted in 1970. Wow. In 1972, he was part of the very first roster for the very first All Japan Pro Wrestling Show. He wrestled in the US for most of the 70s, winning a handful of NWA regional tag titles with various partners. He returned to All Japan in the 80s, winning the All Asia Tag Team titles twice with Takashi Ishikawa. He worked for the CWA as well from 86 to 88, where he held the tag titles five times with Tarzan Goto. And he briefly wrestled for the AWA in 89 before signing with WF. Um, before we start, Michaels and Janetti also have mullets. Yeah, so, so that would be ten and eleven. There's a mullet there. On, yeah, we already we counted. Counted, we counted. Yeah. Oh, do we? Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's um, eleven. We're to, uh, before 11. we we start, can I uh, yeah. compliment you on your pronunciation of Takashi Izakawa? Yeah, thanks. It's very nice. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the Orient Express have the most generic Asian theme music ever. Of course. Like <laughs> fucking hell. Uh, the rockers shine at the start, double team in the express, and hitting a pair of planches on the heels. Double kip-ups. And some double kip-ups as well, very nice. nice. Mr. Fuji uses his cane on Janetti behind the ref's back, but Janetti soon recovers, and the rockers hit Tanaka with a double super kick. Tanaka cuts off Michaels with a kick from the apron, and they go to work on Michaels, including Tanaka hitting a nasty snap cross body to Michaels. If that makes sense. You know the weird one he did where he kind of yeah, yeah, turned was, in midair? Yeah, it was unreal. Uh, Michaels lands a clothesline and gets a hot tag to Janetti and the Rockers clean house. They're about to put Tanaka away when Fuji distracts Janetti. While Janetti goes for Fuji, Sato comes from behind and throws salt in Janetti's eyes, blinding him and causing him to stumble over the guardrail into the crowd and get counted out at 7 minutes 38. This is good. I like this. Yeah, this I was, was a big fan of this up until the finish. Bob, I, my but, sentiment exactly. But you know what the finish means? They're gonna to have to have a rematch. Yeah, which is mm. good, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I thought, yeah, this is what by by far the best match in the card so far. Yeah, by, like innovation and just a little bit different than what you're seeing. I, I have I have a note here that the the the, the speed of the match, yeah, yeah. It actually makes it feel like a modern, like you're watching a modern yeah. wrestling match. Like that cro- that little cross turn and cross body from Tanaka oh, it was, was unreal. Good. The double super kick and the planches from the rockers, the double team moves, yeah, and yeah. the, the kip ups and stuff yeah. and the elbows and everything. Steady, like, it was yeah. very very good. This was. The first match where I felt like I was watching an athlete that could probably do stuff that I couldn't do myself. Yeah, that's oh hello. That that can reminds me of this match and that it's fairly lovely. Yeah. Can I can we talk about the actual finish? Marty Janetti's bump over the guardrail. Oh, it was, unreal. It was fucking dead. <laughs> it was brilliant. I loved it. Was it was very. Belie- he literally just said, "Fuck it, I'm going." <laughs> yeah. He he genuinely walked and tripped over the guardrail. Didn't give a shit about himself. Just went for it. Like it was. Very believable. Party Janetti. Yeah. Oh, very, very, there was very believable. Also, uh, a moment where, like, I can't remember exactly what was happening to him, but he was taking it. He was taking the heat, I think. Right. And uh, he was he was getting punched, and he he was selling like he needs to piss. <laughs> like his knees were together, and his, yeah. his feet were out, and he was just kind of <laughs> like he was walking. holding it in, like. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was hilarious. Yeah. I really liked uh, when Marty Janetti again when he was. The other lad was tr- attempting a back body drop on him and he completely flipped over yeah, and on his feet. feet. Yeah. Never seen that up to this point. Yeah, 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 that's like, you know, you see that fucking every second match these days, but that was just like, why don't lads do that all the time? Yeah. Probably because yeah. they can't get over. Like, I, I, I actually, my opinion on Marty Gennetti kind of changed in this match. I'd never been a massive fan of him. Okay. And seeing, you know, this was actually like really good with the bump over the guardrail and everything else. And, you know, it was just an excellent match. But then you have to kind of come back to the fact that he still wants to have a relationship with his daughter. He's had a relationship <laughs> with his daughter. 
No, but it's not his daughter now. <laughs> <laughs> he found out they're actually not blood relatives, so now he wants to ride her. And that's also, it. Also, yeah. his Facebook was hacked, guys. My Facebook was hacked, and they told me to not ride my daughter. But I wanted to. Ride. I mean, I didn't want to ride. Her. Oh, <laughs> yeah, poor Janetti. <sighs> he never recovered from that super kick through the barbershop window. No, he really didn't, did he? <laughs> so we go backstage where Steve Allen is doing another skit with rhythm and blues. I think Steve Allen is funny. He's very uh, like tame, funny. Yeah, although yeah, he does make man. a joke where he's like, "Oh, where Honky Tonk Man goes, are you excited?" He goes, "Oh, I'm excited. About as excited I was when I found out Pee Wee Herman was straight." I didn't get that. I don't even know no. what that means. No, what does that mean? I didn't understand it. Like, I don't know what that means. No, yeah, no yeah. idea. Is he glad because Pee Wee Herman isn't gonna ride him? Or <laughs> yeah, like, but, I, but like, if that was the case, you could just stop him from riding him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't, I, I don't get it. Like. Maybe it made sense at the time. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, fucking hell. Match number 10 pits Canada's strongest man, Dino Bravo, who was flanked by Earthquake and Jimmy Hart, against Hacksaw Jim Duggan, our favourite. Duggan comes out waving the American flag and tries to get a USA chant going, even though he is in the capital of fucking Canada and against a Canadian opponent. He does get booed. seriously booed. There's a few people do the whole, but when he's trying to get the USA chant, they're booing, and he keeps going for it. Yep. I don't understand. And he even gets booed throughout the match, even yep. when he stop, stops doing the USA stuff. Mm-hmm. So, Do you reckon Duggan is so slow? In the head. In the head that yeah. it like took him... 15 minutes to realize No, no, he was eight years. And then wasn't he in that Canadian faction in, in WCW? WCW? Like yeah, eight yeah. years after this, and this is why. <laughs> Just he only caught up then. <laughs> 90, it wasn't. It wasn't a ninety-eight. I'd say it was more two thousand. Well, so ten, ten years. Ten years, yeah, ten years later. Ten years like, behind oh, everyone. Okay. Else. Oh, it's Canada. Aura, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He joined. He turned heel on the USA and joined Team Canada. And, Lads, yeah. Yeah. Oh, question. Of, question about Dogan before we get into the match. Like, yeah, is, yeah. Do you think? I I don't know if he was like. Well, he was a high school footballer. Very very talented high school footballer. But now with all the um, with all that's coming out about American football and, and concussions, concussions yeah. what I'm thinking is. Was he get fucking battered in this college and this kind of feeds into my question yeah. which is I don't think he has a character no I think Jim Duggan you know thinks he has a character you no know, I think he just goes out and just is himself I can imagine, I can I can see Jim Duggan walking down the street with a two by four and going ho like you know yeah. you know what I mean like yeah. I don't it's I know again I could be biased and I'm probably but, but why did I, why did nobody stop him bringing the American flag out like why didn't Vince say Look, uh, Jim, we're in Toronto. Um, look, uh, look, there's no, there's no um, animosity between Canada and America, but it's, you know, don't do. Could it. have brought the Canadian flag and, and could the have American the flag. Canada chance start start. If he brought both flags out, I think that would have come, like been okay yeah, then that, to bring yeah, the American yeah. flag. If he had both and said, yeah, America and Canada are cool, blah blah. Or, I don't know. Or don't bring, just bring the two by four and say ho. Yeah, do your bit. Do your bit. Minus the USA, because he doesn't try the USA chant during the match. You know what I'd say? I'd say Jimmy Hart probably went up to him and went, uh, "Jim, we're in Canada, and uh, you know, Dino Bravo's Canadian. Dino Bravo's Canadian. Called Canada's strongest man has the fucking uh, the Montreal flower thing, the, yeah, the flower thing yeah, on his yeah, tights. So, uh, you know what I mean? Like, ah, rain it in, pal. Even Jimmy Hart has the same thing. On yeah, his yeah, yeah. Like, it's anyway. Can so we the, say something good about uh, Jim Duggan? What can no. I do? Does he have a mullet? Mm, no. Yeah, he does. Yeah, I think he does. Ah. I think he's. I think he's cut it. Well, at least he's got. He's that in the club. 
Excuse me, 12 of them. 12, 12 of them. Um, so yeah, Duggan comes out, I said that waving all that, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Duggan has all the offence for the first few minutes of the match. He tries to rush Bravo in the corner, but Bravo moves out of the way and lands a big clothesline. Bravo controls the next few minutes and Earthquake gets some shots in too behind the ref's back. Duggan gets his knees up for an oncoming Bravo and starts a comeback. Earthquake tries to interfere while Jimmy Hart throws the 2 by 4 to Bravo. <sighs> the minute that was thrown in, I knew what was happening. Duggan gets to the 2 by 4 first and wallops Bravo with it while the ref is thrown away mm. and wins the match just after the 4 minute mark. Immediately after the bell, Earthquake attacks Duggan and hits him with 3 Earthquake splashes. Why can't he just... Why doesn't he just finish lads with the fucking 3 point charge? It's your finish, pal. It's he, not. He never seems to even hit it. Like, it's not like he hits it and they kick out. He just always goes to the two by four. Every single match we've ever seen him. He either yeah, he's, he's, he gets disqualified or, or he, he wins because yeah. he's used the two by four. Yeah, he's never he's never hit the three point stance charge thing and fucking just pinned them. Here's so he's he's supposed to be a fucking baby face and he's coming mm. out singing yeah. or, you know chanting for another country and cheating to win. Like if it had been something like maybe if Jimmy Hart distracted the ref and Dino Bravo held Duggan while. Earthquake swung the two by four and Duggan ducked and Earthquake hit Dino Bravo and then he pinned him. It would have been it would have been like they uh, yeah, they got their comeuppance for being ball boys, but he literally just picks it up <laughs> just smacks and him. hits him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Graham, you should like teleport back to the nineties and become and a booker rebook for, this match yeah, yeah. At, five, at five years of age. <laughs> Vince Now <Yeah. laughs> There was a great line from uh from Ventura in this match about Duggan though. He says, um I just plain don't like Hacksaw. You know why? He's so ugly. <laughs> <laughs> That's very fair. Oh, it is. You know, um, I'm going to be honest, though. I didn't hate this match. Mine is the finish. No. But that's because it's... I think if all Duggan's matches didn't finish like that, I probably wouldn't have hated it so much because they all finished like that. it also benefits from the card that it's on. We've seen so much shit at this stage that yeah, this isn't the worst it's piece just, of shit yeah, we've yeah, seen. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, basically... Yeah, exactly. but, like, it's not a WrestleMania match. It's a Superstars match. Potentially yeah. a Saturday night's main event match. I think... Also, I mean? the fact that when I saw it was Dino Bravo, Bravo against Hacksaw Jim Duggan on paper, yeah. I said... It should have been Diarrhea. match I don't want to see. Yeah, yeah. So, when in I fact- went in with the <laughs> lowest possible expectations. Oh, yeah. And it was slightly better. Yeah, it's slightly better than shit, like. Isn't it? Yeah, slightly better than shit. Yeah. That's it's not the worst match on the card. No. No, definitely not. Bizarre. Like, on paper, if you look at that on paper, you go... Jim Duggan Dino Bravo is going to be the worst match like it's yeah, on paper it then. should be the shittest match going but it's it's actually surprisingly not so then we go backstage where Mean Gene interviews one Jake Roberts and uh, I'm going to put this interview in here because you know yourself when Jake Roberts has a microphone Jake the Snake Roberts the match is at hand well well the million dollar man Ted DiBiase here we are at Wrestlemania and it's the biggest match of your career. Why? Because everything you stand for is on the line. Namely, the million-dollar belt. Oh, yeah. It can be yours once again. You see, all you have to do to get it back <laughs> is go through Damien and me. But you see, Damien and I don't forget. We remember all the times you made people grovel for your money. These were people far less fortunate than you. People who could use your money for essentials. And what did you do? You made fun of them. You humbled them. And you humiliated them. Well, now it's my turn. I'm going to make you beg, DiBiase. You are going to get down on your hands and knees. 
This time, you'll be the one that's humbled. This time, you'll be the one that's humiliated. And this time, you will be the one that grovels for the money. And how appropriate <laughs> that the money you grovel for is your very own. A victim of your own greed, wallowing in the muck of avarice. Longfellow couldn't have said it better. It's beautiful. Oh, it's amazing. I it was poetry. What really got me was the line that he said about, you know, those people could have used that money for essentials. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I've never heard something put that way yeah, like that. Essentials. You know? I was like, like, you're right. Oh, no. no. <laughs> yeah. but he, says, he's got, he, says, he says something like, you're going to beg for the money. And what makes it sweeter is that the money is yours. <laughs> or something like that. And, and his voice like, is so silky smooth. Oh, like, <laughs> oh fucking... Oh, shit. <laughs> what a man for the promos so it's match number 11 and it is for the unsanctioned million dollar championship it is the million dollar man Ted DiBiase who is technically the champion versus Jake the Snake Roberts what are you laughing at you just saw the line I had it written down in my notes oh go on do <laughs> go it then you prick a victim of your own greed Wallowing this is the in the muck of avarice. Avarice? <laughs> <laughs> what a man. What a bloke, like. Amazing. So here, here he is in match number That's eight. great so, pros. All the way, a year, a year ago back at WrestleMania 5, during Robert's match against Andre the Giant, DiBiase ran down to ringside and attempted to steal Damien the Snake. A month later on Superstars, Roberts was meant to go get his hands on DiBiase in a match but DiBiase was replaced by Virgil at the last minute Roberts won but after the match DiBiase put him in the million dollar dream until he passed out and he was written off TV Roberts returned to TV in late 1989 and was on the Hulkamaniacs team at Survivor Series against DiBiase's million dollar team in the match DiBiase eliminated Roberts with help from Virgil's interference Roberts then stole DiBiase's million dollar belt and told him he could have it back if he was willing to get it so Roberts then put the belt in the bag with Damien so that's the only way he could come and get the belt so the match is some quick paced wrestling to start and Jake repeatedly tries for the DDT but DiBiase scrambles out each time Jake works the arm for a bit but is countered when trying a knee lift and DiBiase starts wearing him down the commentators and the cameramen take their attention off the match and put it on the Mexican wave happening in the crowd mm. uh, which would never happen today you'd be slaughtered if you not. mentioned that on commentary uh, DiBiase hits a pile driver but plays up to the crowd instead of going for a pin he slaps on the million dollar dream but Roberts gets his foot on the ropes to break the hold Roberts catches DiBiase coming off the mid-rope and starts a comeback. Jake signals for the DDT, but Virgil pulls him out of the ring. DiBiase follows and slaps the Million Dollar Dream on again. Both men collide with the ring post, but Virgil throws DiBiase back into the ring and Roberts is counted out just shy of 12 minutes. Virgil grabs the Million Dollar Belt and legs it, but Jake hits DiBiase with the DDT and throws money into the crowd. He takes Damien out, but Virgil runs back and saves DiBiase before the snake can do anything. This is the, f this is the only the first match... Of only two matches that go over ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I thought it was okay, but yeah, it was great. The crowd, the crowd, obviously, kind of shot on it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I did. I did, it did slow down a bit. I will be honest. I did enjoy the visuals of the wave as well. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was nice because that's something that you're not. I'm not really used to seeing yeah. on pay per views, like yeah. you know. And it actually kind of gave you a very nice. But it felt like the idea crowd of the size of the crowd. Yeah, but it felt like the crowd didn't give a shit about the match. Then. Yeah, absolutely not. But they absolutely definitely did because Jake is over as fuck. Yeah, yeah. it's very bizarre. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed this match. Yeah, I thought it was good. It was good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah. It was. I like. I don't. I, Two again, fantastic workers. Like, no, yeah, no they know no how to do the business. Finish again, but like, uh, I don't. I think I'd like to see. Je like, I know they're trying to protect DBOC as a kind of upper mid card player. 
was saying for Roberts, but I want one of them needs to take the fucking yeah, big yeah. time the pin. Like, no. even if it's fucking, I don't know, I don't know. But like, this was the match where I kind of went, all right, maybe this was actually good. Maybe my memory isn't as bad. At, like, I kind of yeah, went, yeah, but this is match amazing. This is eleven match eleven of fourteen. So like, we're, we're hitting the end here. The end I know, stretch. like it definitely. My memory wasn't right, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like. Two like amazing characters, yeah, and very memorable. Like if someone very, says, do you, yeah. "Did you watch wrestling in the eighties?" Yeah, who was your favorite, or who do you remember? They these two lads would yeah, be big times, yeah. yeah, and they both could work, and yeah, yeah, it's just it's nice. I thought the um was it a double clothesline you gave them when uh when he came back in? Yeah, the visuals of the money flying yeah. up into the air yeah was that was savage unreal was it in Virgil's hand and he was, just and fucked, he just fucked yeah, up yeah. And I, I swear to god that like probably was one of the highlights of this whole fucking show for me <laughs> I thought it looked so of cool. career to yeah, yeah, yeah best bump he's ever Getting taken paid, like, like two yeah. grand to ref a match <laughs> or something um, also That's the uh, the other thing was fuck was it Jake Roberts mullet oh bing bing is that bing, 13 bing, 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 bing. That is 13. Yes, it is. Ted DiBiase doesn't have one, does he? No, he's just got normal hair, I feel. It's nice, but it's a very... It's a 1980s haircut, but it's not a mullet. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the other thing was... It was fucking dangerous territory handing out $100 bills to people. Were they 100? They were C-notes. That's what that's what uh, fucking Ventura says at one stage. You see when one's on the ground and people are fighting They're for it. They're scrapping for it. I, was, like, I thought they were tenors, so I was like... Hey, relax, people. No, they were seen. They were, yeah, because he, li- he says, he says Benjamin Franklin. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to have to go and look up. So what, what note what Benjamin on. Yeah, Franklin's yeah. on. But then he says C note, which is 100. So yeah. I was like, fucking hell. And he gives one to a little kid and the girl is like, all right. And then he goes he gives and gives Mary, Mary Tyler Moore. Moore as and if she but, fucking needs but it. Yeah, like. yeah, but Jesse goes, as if she needs it. And even Gorilla goes, yeah, I'd agree with you there, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> one of the rare occurrences like that they'd agree with each other. <laughs> yeah, this was a nice match. It was, you know, the again... The finish was uh, not what we wanted. Butcher, listen. This is life, isn't it? Here we are. <laughs> I don't know. That was the worst thing I've ever said in my life. So we go backstage where Sean Mooney is interviewing Slick and Akeem. Uh Yeah, whatever. Don't give a shit, really. What is, like, I swear to God, I saw Akeem and I could not stop laughing. It's terrible, isn't it? No, like it's, I understand. I I know we 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 we've seen this like a million times already, but it was just him standing sideways, and he kept like twitching his arm. <laughs> twitching. He, he was doing it. his dance. It was hilarious. And then uh, Dave, that's that's a traditional tribal dance in Africa. <laughs> well, he's the African. He's the African dream. dream the African and dream. And then. He starts the fucking American speaking dream. in this Georgian accent. Like, he did put on an accent in previous promos. In previous promos, he? I was definitely a bit confused because yeah. I definitely seen him. I was like, he definitely put on a like Dusty Rhodes esque accent. In he previous. also had a good saying at the end of it, which I enjoyed. What it was did he like, say? like a like a dog who chases cars. Big Boss Man doesn't have a lot of time left, or something like that. Weird. Yeah, I, I was <laughs> like, uh, uh, something about a cop who wouldn't take money. That's, in a that's, dog. that's exactly yeah. what it was. Like yeah, a dog yeah, who doesn't yeah. chase cars. A cop who doesn't take money. Doesn't last long, or that's something. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it was, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> something fucking weird. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. no, not fucking brilliant, but, but yeah. like a bit of crack. Match number twelve is Akeem the African Dream versus the newly face turned Big Boss Man. So on the February third episode of Superstars, the Big Boss Man turned face on a Brother Love segment. 
He was helping Ted DiBiase retrieve the million dollar belt from Jake the Snake Roberts, but then he found out Slick was getting dirty paid money from uh, Ted DiBiase. The big boss man is a law-abiding citizen, you know what I mean? Doesn't he's not he doesn't be paid off. So uh, he got in a, he got in an argument with DiBiase. Uh, so he threw the million dollar belt. He took the million dollar belt out of the bag originally, but he put it back in the bag. Went back to the ring, uncuffed Jake, who was cuffed to the ropes, and gave him back both the snake and the belt. So that was his big face torn, and that's why DiBiase attacks him at the start of this match. The million dollar man who'd been hiding under the ring since the last match comes out and attacks boss man before the match, and then throws boss man into the ring. Okay, beats up boss man for a few seconds, but then boss man counters the 10 punch in the corner with a fucking terrible atomic drop. He nearly kills himself. Yeah, boss man comes back, hits the boss man slam, wins it in just shy of two minutes, one minute 49. Do you like that? <laughs> it was. Yeah, I like boss man going over, but that's yeah, about, that's it. about He's, it. He's yeah. uh, slimmed down. Yeah, that's tremendous. Big time. Yeah, he? yeah, he was way bigger before. Yeah. Way bigger. He's proper flabby before. Like, this is a non match, isn't it, really? Very much so. Yeah. yeah. Keem's gear really does him no favours. No, absolutely not. No, you can see his belly hanging over his bollocks. <laughs> like, he looked, he looked <laughs> yeah. better as the one man gang, I think. Oh, of course yeah. he did. Um, and uh, slick, though, to be fair to him, is pretty damn slick. He is very slick. Yeah, he lives up. He lives up to his moniker, doesn't he? Yeah, like he's very cool as they're coming out to the ring. So this match is neither good nor bad. It's just a match. Like you can't really judge it because it was so well. I can say it's bad because the atomic drop looked like fucking garbage. But that might just be because Akeem weighs a fucking metric ton. Speaking of which, this is uh, Akeem. The final WF appearance for Akeem. Final appearance for the character Akeem. And the wrestler George Gray will only appear in WF one more time as the one man gang in the gimmick battle royal at WrestleMania 17. Which we will see really him. Count. He'll be in WCW a few times, but this is his first like WF. His WF run over. What was his uh, gimmick in WCW? One man gang again. Oh, was he? he oh, was it? As, yeah, he comes goes back as one man gang. So, lads, thoughts on Akeem or one man gang previously, but mainly the Akeem gimmick. Oh, the Akeem <laughs> gimmick was very bad. Yeah. Like it is. I. It is, I'm not going to argue that, it is a terrible gimmick. Yeah. But there's something... Funny about it? Yeah, disgustingly It's definitely like a picture of Vince going, ha, ha, king. Like that backstage, or not even backstage, that's skate thing. Where they, where they got be, the one man going and did a tribal dance and he became yeah. a king. And what, it was in an alley. It was yeah. in an alley with, in Detroit. With, with, with like a fucking yeah. they didn't even a, like, burning barrel. They yeah. could have just got like, could they not have got a field in like... Oklahoma and pretended they were in the desert in nah, Africa. No. Do you know what I mean? Nah. <laughs> that that will live on in infamy. So the character has that going for it. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Fucking his, hell. His music. Well, it's Slick's music. Yeah, but like. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Here's something we forgot. It's the debut of the Million Dollar Man's music. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just assumed we'd heard it. No, we hadn't. I've always heard it in my head. Yeah, yeah, same here. <laughs> yeah. No, this is the pay per view debut of that fucking tune. No way. What a belter. That's a deadly song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Money, 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 money. <laughs> oh, and also the debut of uh, Bossman's face music. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you've been doing hard time. I like that too. Hard Less for me. Yeah. Some some crack some crack was had. Sean Mooney goes around the crowd then. Oh God! Interviewing children. Wish he hadn't. And then he interviews Mary Tyler Moore, and it's bad. It's definitely. Amazing. He's like, "What do you think of the of the honky tonk man? Does he look like Elvis?" And she's like, "Yeah, sure. Like, okay. Is that what you want me to say? Fuck! Like, she's basically like, you go away now. Yeah, fuck off.'" <laughs> and then she basically like 
breaks cave not breaks cave but she blatantly like goes it's like athleticism and theater mixed together it's like cheers are you serious cheers mary <laughs> <laughs> i only know mary tyler more from being mentioned in that uh we- weezer song, weezer song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly <what I> <laughs> That is that's a great song to yeah, be honest. A very good song. But I have no idea what she does or is. She, I, I always assume she was an actress. I'm guessing she was in some sort of like really good sitcom from the 60s, maybe well, 70s. Well, like Sean Mooney even said she might. She'll be always Mary be Mary Tyler something Moore, to me. Yeah, always, yeah, yeah. I so I'm guessing that's the character. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ooh, ooh, I look just like Mary Holly. <laughs> oh, oh, and you're Mary Tyler Moore. I don't care what they say about us anyway. I don't care about that. <laughs> don't edit that. that, that, that oh, that's staying in. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. That's absolutely staying in. So we get a an angle. Rhythm and Blues come out. They play their shit song, but they also play it shitly. And I don't know if it's a work or a shoot because it seems like the Honky Tonk Man has zero timing. The music's playing. Oh, and he kind of he, he tries to sing his verse, but he's either going too fast or too slow. So then oh, the backup so singers are trying to come in. And Jimmy Hart's trying to give them the like, give them the, the, the cue, yeah, yeah. and they're either too far. Oh, it's very bad. It's very bad. Uh, trivia time: Who drives Rhythm and Blues to the ring? Well, I already know. So, do you know? Diamond Dallas Page. Diamond Dallas Page. He's everywhere. Yeah. And everywhere. Do you know why he drives them to the ring? Because he owned the car. Because he owned the car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they're like, we need a deadly, like fucking, like Elvisy looking car, and like they're like. This lad from the AWA has one. They're like, are we? Get him in. Get him in, yeah. But also, like, because <laughs> I knew it was Diamond Dallas yeah. Page, I was looking out for him. You can see him kind of dancing along to the song as he's driving. Yeah. He, you can tell he has a bit of charisma. Yeah, and he, he's, like, <laughs> he's got he's the driving. shades on and he's giving it loads. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this is Diamond Dallas Page's WF debut. <laughs> <laughs> and we won't see him again until the year 2001. 2001. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Actually wrestling. Season um, about a decade, lads. Yeah, so what... Uh, did you think of this segment? We can, well, we can, we, can, we, can, we can at least count um, Greg Valentine's mullet, I suppose. Bing, bing. Yeah, so bing. if you're unfamiliar with Rhythm and Blues, basically they teamed Greg the Hammer Valentine up with the Honky Tonk Man and gave him the exact same gimmick as the Honky Tonk Man yeah, by yeah. making him dye his hair black and be an Elvis sort of impersonator, and it's shocking. Yeah, I'm going to be 100% honest. Yeah. I've been watching Star Trek. Okay, and which... Series? Um, all of them. Okay, right. <laughs> Are you going to say he looks like... He's been assimilated by the honky-tonk man. <laughs> I was actually going to say he actually looks like a fat Miles O'Brien. That as well. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. 100%. Yeah, this segment sucked my bleeding banger in a shit... No, actually, no, that'd be nice. Sucked this someone se- else's banger. This uh, this segment <laughs> fucked my face with its dick. That'd be a better way of putting it. Um, it was, and it was a horrible um, dick. It was really bad. <laughs> was just, in case, just in case it was a lovely And it was dude. violent. It was, yeah, yeah. How about uh, the honkettes? Ah, uh, like the honkettes are honkettes nice are gals, yeah. Very bad free, makeup like, on them, though. I think that's on purpose, though, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And then the fucking bushwhackers coming down. They pretend to be merch salesmen. Honky's like, we're only selling my records. And then they take their t-shirts and sunglasses off to show the bushwhackers. And then... It's bad. Don't have, they break their guitars. Like, there's no... There's no payoff to the angle. No, absolutely. They don't no. like. They, they don't like. They don't get any moves in on rhythm and blues or anything like that. So, I hated every second of this. Yeah, no, it was probably it was completely pointless. This is worse than the super pose down from Royal Rumble or whatever it was. 
Yeah, yeah. that's uh, that has saying a lot, but I, I mean it. I mean every word of it, Dave. Yeah. Super pose down. I suppose a super pose down led to something. Like the, 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 these two led to a deadly feud between Rick Rude and Ultimate Warrior. Exactly, like, and I'm sure I know full well that won't they won't be good matches. No, but yeah, but that that might lead to a feud between the Bushwhackers and, and Rhythm and Blues. And Rhythm and yeah. Blues, but that's not going to be nearly as good as no. Ultimate Warrior and Rick Rude. No way, no way, Jose. No Speaking way. of shit wrestlers. <laughs> Penultimate match is match number 13. It is Ravishing Rick Rude versus Superfly, Jimmy Snooker. No background to this one. It's another filler one to get boys on the card and give them um, a payday. Isn't it a bit strange that Rick Rude is more tanned than Jimmy Snooker? Who's Absolutely. usually very dark. Like He looks very pale in this, but I think that's only because he's... Next to the mahogany god. <laughs> the ma- <laughs> is that an official... Is it, like, is the that mahogany is god... <laughs> Uh, if ever if, he is mahogany god no, yeah if enough. ever there was a day that it was an upper body business it's fucking that day absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. every day <laughs> and and Rick Rude is the fucking Rick Rude is the is he the, is the business he yeah. is the upper body business <laughs> <laughs> like if Rick Rude rolled me in the face I'd have no problem <laughs> like, even if it was violent <laughs> yeah like I'd probably I'd want say, it to be violent <laughs> yeah like the last segment was like earthquake face fucking me <laughs> not Rick Rude or Anton if Rick Rude Facebooked me that would be probably the super pose down like, I still didn't like it but I'll live with it <laughs> right anyway yeah. match number 13 um, Jimmy yeah. Snook is massive Jimmy Snook is a unit yeah, isn't he? yeah he's an absolute unit yeah. yeah well you'd need all that muscle to murder women I was just about to say the exact same thing <laughs> sorry anyway uh, allegedly murder women allegedly yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay I'm just gonna, so, just gonna, oh, uh, did I brought open this can in the mic or was I a prick and kept it to myself? That's can't your first can. No, it's my second can. Oh, is it? Yeah. I think I kept it to myself. Sorry about the selfishness, everybody. Um, okay, so Rude jumps Snooker from behind, but Snooker takes control quickly. There's a lot of back and forth wrestling with each man having a period of offense. Rude moves out of the way of a diving headbutt and then hits the Rude Awakening for the three count at four minutes. Yeah, match that happened. Two lads who... Yeah, again. They are pushing to an extent, I suppose. Yeah. More like, rude than Snooker, hence why he got the win. No background or storyline. No, and the no. match didn't either seem to have any Yeah, that's what I said. It was any back and forth. Like, it wasn't a heat around. It was literally... Yeah, it was, it didn't even seem that back and yeah, yeah. forth to me, to be honest. It felt well, it was, like Snooker had most of the offense, and then all of a sudden the real yeah. awakening comes It was just kind of more so that when I was typing it, I generally, when I'm watching a match, I'm like, right, here's this period of... And, this, and then when I was thinking, okay, I'm going to write this, then the other person took over and it kept happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know, it was... It's just kind of what happened. So now, lads, uh. it is time... For the ultimate challenge. Yeah, it is time for the ultimate challenge. Thank you very kindly. Thanks. Match number 13. Oh, well, that was... 13 matches. Yeah, 13 matches. <laughs> yeah. uh, Ravishing Rick Rude has a mullet, which makes him number 14. 14, I believe, yeah. So it is time, lads. What is the time for, dear? It's time for the ultimate challenge. Yeah, it's time for the ultimate challenge. <laughs> it is, yeah. That poster is like... Yeah, the which poster? The one I sent? The, the uh, so there's sent. a poster, there's a poster, of, like there's a few posters, but uh, there's one where Hulk Hogan is ripping off his vest like he is wanting to do, and um, the vest has been like, well, it wouldn't have been photoshopped at the time, but it's been edited... 
to uh, basically be the Ultimate Warrior's face. <laughs> and it looks fucking deadly. It's mad, like. It's fucking nuts. Oh, it's Whopper. It's pure 80s, 90s. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Ah. <laughs> oh, I think actually looking at that makes you have more tos- testosterone. I don't see how you couldn't. It's just... True, true. It's our main event, lads. It's, bi- it's biology. It's our main <laughs> event. It's the ultimate challenge. It's title for title. It's... Lovely cans. <sighs> Perfect time to open this. It's the Intercontinental Champion, the Ultimate Warrior, versus the World Heavyweight Champion, Hulk Hogan, and both titles are on the line. And also, both titles are lovely. Oh, they are very nice. The yellow belt, the yellow IC in, title I, looks lovely. I especially with his gear. I love that yellow. Especially I with his gear. I love that WWF uh, title oh, as well. The, is it the winged eagle job? Yeah. Yes. It's perfect. It's because of uh, Mr. Perfect destroyed the old one. This is the new one. And it looks fucking deadly. Yeah. Yeah. It looks fucking dead. Okay. Right? They're both really good. They're all really good and really great. Um, so, at Royal Rumble in the Rumble match, Hogan and Warrior squared off, both taking mm. each other out with clotheslines. And later in the match, Hogan eliminated Warrior. Or helped eliminate Warrior. On Saturday night's main event in mid-January, Hogan and Warrior defeated Mr. Perfect and the Genius. After the match, the heels attacked the faces and Warrior swung wildly to fight them off, accidentally clotheslining Hulk Hogan. Ooh. At the main event in late February, Earthquake was about to jump off the ropes and splash the Warrior until Hogan ran out to make the save. Warrior was pissed off that Hogan felt that he needed saving. A week later on the wrestling challenge, Warrior saved Hogan from Earthquake. Hogan pushed Warrior away when he tried to help him, and Warrior then hit the ropes and teased hitting Hogan with a clothesline from behind, but then decided to leave instead. Ooh. Not just leave. Leg it. Leg it away. Right. So, firstly... The only way he knows how to move. Everyone, everyone's basically been entering on the mini carts. Warrior no. sprints down the fucking not. aisle. Oh. Deadly. <laughs> Unreal. Hello. <laughs> Right, so we get an intense stare down and a shoving contest to open things up. There's a long test of strength with Warrior initially wearing down Hogan, but Hogan fires back up to his feet and wears Warrior down. Hogan slams Warrior, but it has no effect. Warrior then returns the favour and clotheslines Hogan over the top, where it looks like Hogan has injured his knee. Both men get dirty with eye pokes and chokes. Hogan fires up again, his injured his injured knee disappears, and he unloads offence on the Warrior and gets a handful of two counts. At one point, while Hogan has a front face lock on the Warrior, Ventura says, Ask Richard Belzer about that move. Because remember the lad he choked <laughs> yeah, out on yeah. TV? Yeah. No, t- fill me in. Remember oh, Hogan choked that lad out on TV? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the front face lock. When Hogan has a front face lock, Ventura goes, Ask Richard Belzer about that move. Oh, my God. <laughs> or, so, or I think Gorilla says, Oh, he's, Hogan's very adapted to that move. And Ventura's like, You're telling me you should ask Richard Belzer or something like that. <laughs> Which is rare for Ventura to put Hogan over. Like he really, he really goes for it. Warrior powers his way out of a rear chin lock, and both men hit each other with running clotheslines at the same time, taking each other out. No one moves a muscle until the referee's count reaches nine. Mm. Warrior starts warrioring up, I suppose is what you'd call it, and no sells Hogan's offense. He beats on Hogan and clasps on a bear hug. The ref checks on Hogan, whose arms drop twice. On the tour check, Hogan fights out, but in the melee, the ref is knocked out. Both men make attempts to cover the other, but there's no ref to count. Warrior hits a military press drop and the ultimate splash to Hogan's back, but Hogan kicks out a two and a half and hulks up. He hits the three punches, the big boot, but Warrior moves out of the way, the big leg drop, hits another ultimate splash and wins the match and the World Heavyweight Championship at 22 minutes 51 seconds. Look out, the big splash, one, two. Champion and 
this match had no right to be as good as it yeah, was. Yeah, considering the two absolutely yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, like, I know I said earlier, like, I saw Jim Duggan and... Or no, it was not Jim Duggan, Dino Bravo Jim whatever. Duggan, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, like, that match was better than I expected. But this match is actually really good. Yeah, it's and so strange. Like Warrior and Hogan together on a card. And, like, I love Warrior, but this match was the one match that actually was like how I remembered it. Probably yeah. because I watched this match more than any other, but no, I thought this was like really, really good. I might be biased. Yeah, no, like everything, everything they did, the crowd bid on, yeah, which obviously absolutely. helps when you have a really hot crowd. Both lo- both of them looked strong as well, I felt. Yeah. Like, yeah no one looked sure. weak, like, no. for sure. And yeah. like the whole match was booked really well. Hogan putting over a new young guy. Yeah. It's so unexpected. Guess Even though many, I know... Guess how many years it's been since Hogan took a clean pin? A million. Three. <laughs> a million. Do a better guess. Do a guess like Dave there. Uh, five. 1981. Fuck off! Yeah. Nine. He last, he last lost to Tony Atlas in 1981 in a clean pin. Oh my God. And that's before Hulkamania, before Hulkamania existed. Mm. So obviously after Hulkamania, he's never been clean pin. Although this pin, isn't clean, pin, what? Pin, clean, this isn't clean an pin. entirely clean pin because he does ah. have a visual pinfall when the ref is down before Warrior gets one. So, that, that is if true. the ref is, it is down, clean though. And also Hogan kicks out at three, at three, but it's still clean. Yeah, like it's a cl- like there's no. He is very protected. He is. Oh no, no that's fine. Right yeah. now, I'm going to tell you people who've who've cleanly beat Hulk Hogan. Right, Doug Goldberg. No, hold on. I'm going to go for... Uh, <laughs> and, Goldberg, go to right, right. and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Bob Armstrong. So that was obviously when he was starting out in the 70s. Okay, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Antonio Inoki. He's the most protected wrestler ever, yeah, probably yeah. in Japan. Uh, Andre the Giant. Again, but this is all pre-Hulkamania yeah, stuff. Yeah. Tony Atlas, right? Yeah. Then you've got... During Hulkamania is Warrior. Then he goes to WCW. The only people to beat him clean are Bill Goldberg, Lex Luger. Submits him clean mm-hmm. in a match. Right, yeah. Then he, he's back in WWE. He loses clean to Triple Other oh, Rock at WrestleMania 18. Yeah. Triple H on an episode of Raw. Kurt Angle on an episode of Raw. And I think some people say it's a clean loss to Brock Lesnar in out of pay per view. But Heyman does grab his feet a few times and do Brock a few Lesnar things. On SmackDown. Oh, SmackDown maybe. But yeah, he's still Heyman interfered, right? Yeah, but like right, right, clean, right. And there's blood, one more. Like, there's one more person. <laughs> it was pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> there's one more person he's lost clean to in his career. Guess. Is it? I've said a lot of big names. There any now. any any hints? Is it like older or newer or someone we've seen so far on the on the podcast? Is one person he's lost to clean in a singles match it, while he was big, not pre Hulkamania, like while he was big. Somebody's lost to clean to. Never lost clean to Randy Savage. No idea. Jacques Rougeau. Oh, well, that wasn't on TV, though. No, it's still a clean lo- loss in his career. House show, WCW House Show in he Montreal. Paid, he paid him a load of money to lose to him off TV. Yeah, but everyone's paid to lose in yeah, wrestling. Yeah, That's how it works. Yeah, but like... No, apparently it was Hogan's idea to lose clean because it was in Montreal. Yeah. 
with Jacques Rougeau personally Wait, so paid him. They're Not doing the they're doing a show in Montreal. How show? With Jacques Rougeau in Montreal, is like, where Jacques Rougeau is, is the, it, is it kind of he's the local, local the hero. Local hero. Yeah, 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 exactly. So he's like, hey, I got an idea, brother. Yeah. How about you pay me a serious amount of money and I'll yeah. take the pin? Yeah. <laughs> you know, no wonder it was his fucking idea. Yeah. <laughs> you know. What there I mean? you go. But the fact Jacques Rougeau has a clean pin over him and Randy Savage doesn't. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I thought Randy Savage was like, who was Hogan fucking fought? Yeah. <laughs> no. no. But yeah, only like 12 people have beaten him clean. But Dave, what do you think of the match? Yeah. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was, like, yeah, like I have, I, I don't, like, I'm not going to detract from it at all. Yeah. You know, I thought, actually, no, I, I tell a lie. I will detract from it in one way and okay. that's the fucking bear hug. Oh yeah, fair enough. Just felt like they were standing there in the middle of the ring mm. and just hugging. Well, yeah, they the were. two lads are just yeah. hugging. Like, bear hug is a terrible move but it's... What, what, I no, did like this test of strength. I thought that was a nice... The, see, you know, the, at the start of the test of strength I enjoyed it but as when Hogan was on his knees the two of them are there and like... That's the famous shot the famous where it looks gay like gift. he's giving him a blowjob. No, yeah, no, definitely. No, yeah, where, no. yeah, where Warrior's head's doing this and Hogan's like... Ah. Whatever, what, whatever about that but like... They're clearly just standing there. Yeah. 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 There's no, like, there, there's no like kind of, you know, pressure. the thing is, these lads, or attention or these lads aren't cardio machines. Yeah. No, I understand and that. Warriors I understand also sprinting to the rings. So I understand fucked. it's yeah, yeah. rest and I understand no, that. No, I, I understand. I know you know. All, all, I know you all know. together, totally. But it's just like fucking. Yeah. It just, it, it brought me out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, okay. One thing that slightly annoyed me about it as well was. I'm the, not going to detract from it at all. Shut up, Dave. You're going to detract <laughs> from my dreams and my childhood. Apologies there. I'm just going to ruin your... Ruin go your on, go on. No, 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 no. It's just like the kind of, okay, yeah. Here's a here's a sequence of moves for the warrior to get a bit of an upper hand on Hogan. Yeah. And then Hogan comes back and he does a very similar pattern of moves. Yeah. And it's just rinse and repeat to a certain extent. Yeah. I really, I enjoyed the finish. I thought like the, the, the missing the leg drop and then... Straight into the splash. I thought that was fucking class. Did you hate or... L- like Hogan kicking out the ultimate splash the first time I, I, it didn't really yeah evoke any sort of serious response yeah. to me again though but I wouldn't have been a massive warrior mark at all no, again, but, but we're talking like about Hogan in general on. kicking out a lad's finishers yeah true is a bit I don't annoying, mind yeah. him kicking out one finisher at a Wrestlemania like once a year that's a special that's moment yeah, like now people so. kick out 14 finishers yeah, but like yeah. yeah especially if he's going to take the pin yeah yeah so if you kick out one Go for your finish and you it's miss, not and the then same he hits as when he yeah, like, completely no sold like the elbow drop from Randy Savage. That's like, yeah, scum yeah, of the yeah, earth. Yeah, like yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It was a very near fall. Like, yeah, and the crowd. Went and he and he kicked it. out into the Hulk up. It, yeah, like yeah, yeah. you know, it was yeah, it was a lot more tolerable than just uh, no selling the elbow drop. Um, what did you think? I I really enjoyed it. It was very nostalgic for me. I don't know. See, I can't remember if this or the next WrestleMania is the first. I feel like the next WrestleMania might be the first um, pay-per-view I really watched. But I, I watched this as a kid as well, so I have a memory of it. I think for two lads who are, like, right, we've seen Warrior have absolute crackers with Rick Rude. Obviously carried by Rick Rude because he's Absolutely. a belter of a wrestler. But when Warrior's in there with someone who can do it, he can do it. Hogan, we know he's better than what he is because I've seen clips of him in, like, New Japan and All yeah. Japan. He's actually wrestling. Fucking, yeah chain wrestling yeah, and yeah, all yeah. so like for him to you know still like he's obviously wrestling the WF style so we're, I was like how where's this gonna go like is it gonna be just fucking punch kick bollocks but it, they had the crowd in the palm of their hand for every fucking mm. second of this and I, I I loved it didn't feel like if you put on paper 
23 minute Hulk Hogan match and you're gonna not feel like it's 23 minutes long I would have been like Liar. ah you're fucking fibbing but no it it went like it was no, good well, yeah I will agree with that it yeah. definitely didn't feel as long as it was yeah it was it was really good Um, I had I had gotten to this match yeah and I, I, I took a break and then I was going okay I'll finish it yeah Saturday afternoon and I watched the main event and, and it was over in a flash yeah it was it really it's was good, it's good crack Um. Yeah, it's just it's, this is the type of thing that you see in online arguments uh, about what wrestling should be, and then you get arguments about oh, wrestling could be what you want it to be. But what I'm saying is, for me, wrestling should be a story. 100%. I love deadly moves. I love fucking moon salts, and I love fucking hurricane ranas, and I love fucking Canadian destroyers and all that lark. But I really love when it evokes something more so than just a rake of moves. Like I like when it's like. There's these two good guys, and who's, 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 which good guy do you want more? Like, do yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. do I want hot? Like, you know, I'd say there was kids who are fucking torn, torn, absolutely heartbroken yeah. with it. Like, yeah, you know, yeah fucking yeah. like there was probably kids fucking that couldn't go to sleep. It's like, oh, Hogan's fighting the warrior, and I don't know what to, you know what I mean? Like, genuinely, and that's what you Family's want to fucking divided. Yeah, yeah. Yes. My oldest brother was a Hogan. Hogan. Yeah. Middle brother was the warrior, and, and you I were, was kind of I like both of you them. You choose I had like. To choose. <laughs> Which one do I prefer? But that's what you want. Yeah. Oh, people are going to be like, fucking hell. Like, there was a thing about... Now, we're, we were talking off off recording there about Kofi Kingston and about whether we're into him or not, but I was reading... Dave, actually, you sent it in our chat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About this father. It was, like, also black, uh, whatever. And he's saying, like, he's obviously... He feels... What's the word? He's underrepresented. He feels like... um Just the fact that... The fact that he knows all the backstage stuff is that he kind of, you know bit disillusioned with pro wrestling he just watches it for the matches but his two teenage boys or three kids whatever it was like when he told them that Vince McMahon screwed over Kofi by making him fight another they person gone, they were going mad they were yeah. fuming and that's what you want from wrestling mm. like Kofi's a deadly wrestler and I didn't actually watch that gone a match but I'm sure it was fucking great absolutely yeah, you know what I mean lots but, of great workers in there but it doesn't matter about how good the match was in to an extent, like obviously you don't want it to be dog because shit. Because you're telling the story. Because you're like fucking Kofi fighting against the fucking authority. The system, yeah. He's the underdog, and he wants to get that world title shot. And it's and the kids are pissed off. Yeah, yeah. And that's what you want because because even the dad said it in the post. He was like, "I'm not going to tell them that they're doing this it's on just purpose because it's going to make the payoff better." Yeah, yeah. When Kofi eventually does get the title shot, or perhaps even wins it, like it's going to be fucking because they're like so pissed off now. That when when it actually when it happens. actually happens, they're gonna be like yeah, no, for fucking sure. yeah, for and sure. that's what wrestling should be, and that's what this match is. Yeah, it's <laughs> the fucking business. Yeah. Oh, just whopper like. So yeah, that's that's that. So a few little um aftermath notes, I suppose, rather than waiting to the next episode. So Warrior becomes only the second person in history to reign as both an intercontinental and world champion after Pedro Morales, and he's the first ever person to hold the belt simultaneously. I don't know if anybody. Ever held the world and intercontinental simultaneously? I was thinking after. that earlier on as well. Do you know, Darren? Can you think of any? Um, the world and I know I know Rollins did the world in US, but I don't yeah. know any world and intercontinental champion um, simultaneously. I think there was some, but I can't think who and yeah. when. Michaels, maybe, or was he world and European? That sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know. Well, I, yeah. So I couldn't. Uh, right. Anyway, first one to hold them simultaneously. Uh, so Warrior Warrior yeah do you like that the Warrior, uh, the warrior. warrior would vacate the Intercontinental Belt a week later and an 8 man tournament was held which was won by Mr. Perfect defeating Tito Santana so 
you know, there's probably a sorry for making you a job and yeah, that shit. Yeah. Right? Um, <laughs> so Hogan took the f- summer off to film Suburban Commando. Uh, he was written off TV in an angle on the Brother Love Show where Earthquake attacked him and hit him with multiple earthquake splashes. So they said he was injured from them and wrote him off for most of May to July. And then he came back with SummerSlam, which we will see later. So, finances. Average ticket price. Give me your guesses. Canadian or US? Just dollars. <laughs> 20 please. of your finest Canadian dollars. I'm going to say... No, uh, not 20. Okay. No, that just pulled out of me. Right, say 40 on. of your finest Canadian $40. Yeah. I'm going lower. I'm going to say $18. $52. <laughs> That's right. a big increase. In 1990, and, which is $100 in today's money. Wow. Which is still pretty reasonable for a yeah, WrestleMania ticket. But like, our previous pay-per-views have all been like 18, yeah, very, 25, yeah, yeah. you that's, know what I mean? That's why this I went with 21st. Yeah, yeah. Like, Hang on, it's WrestleMania. <laughs> you know? Yeah, they've leaped up. So we had a buy rate of 4.5, which is about 550,000, yeah. which is 290,000 more than Royal Rumble, 310,000 more than Wrestle War, but is 217,000 less than WrestleMania 5. I don't know. I, I would have thought Hogan Warrior would draw more, but yeah, obviously it's the I'm ultimate wrong. challenge. Like. It's the ultimate challenge, yeah. So versus the Mega Powers explode, so that drew a bit less. So that was WrestleMania six, match of the night, worst match of the night, spot of the night, and overall oh, thaw hearts. Forgot about fucking spot. Uh, okay, um, there's not much to go. Match of the point. night. I'm going for the main event. Yeah. Are you surprised? No. <laughs> Do I need to explain why? No, we've already gone through it for the last 10 minutes. Yeah, because it's really good. <laughs> it is. Um, I'm going to go to Spot of the Night. Yes, please. Where initially I, I was kind of torn between two and it was uh, the Barbarians' big, big, dirty oh, yeah. <laughs> And it was... R.I.T. Oh, bam. And it was Marty Jannetty like, taking the, the back body drop but landing on his feet. Yeah. And I'm going for... Marty Jannetty based on the fact that I know he was definitely trying to do that and I'm not 100% sure if Barbarian was just trying to do a work big boot and, and it accidentally kicked like, him in yeah, the face yeah, yeah. so yeah Marty Jannetty landing on his feet was lovely and yeah. something we haven't seen before which is always good yeah very good when we watch these shows yeah, and yeah. Worst match of the night is tough because there was a lot of bad matches. There was a handful of shit. Hard. Yeah, yeah, very, yeah, I'm very, just very, looking very, back very, through very, it to see what was actually my worst night. Worst night of the match. You're still saying that I after know, fucking 20 million years, episodes. Yeah. <laughs> worst night of the match was definitely without a shadow of a doubt. Any more stall in there, is there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> can I? Can I give? I know it's not a match. Can I just give it to that rhythm and blues segment because it was fucking awful? It no. was like the worst time I had watching. <laughs> no, the show. you can't. It was the worst moment of the show, <laughs> no. but it wasn't a match. Like, <laughs> okay. Um, I think because I expected more from it. I'm gonna go with Brutus and Mr. Perfect because okay. like there was a lot of matches on the card that were bad but I expected them to be bad but that right. one I was like oh this will be good and then and it, it wasn't, wasn't. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. so yeah. for that Which reason same. I'm gonna say maybe not the worst match of the night but the biggest disappointment therefore yeah. worst. the worst yeah, yeah. Um, before we move on to you Dave um, we forgot to count two haircuts there <gasps> in the main event <clears throat> so Warrior has a a glorious a mullet, standing mullet, mullet yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Hogan has a skullet, skullet. Yeah. So, so we're 16. 16? 
that's still nowhere near the now the record the I believe is I want to say 21 I would have said I was about to say 21 but also bro. possibly 19 so let's say are you fucking serious those are the two numbers in my head as well that's yeah well they're, yeah. then they're obviously one of them they're one it's of obviously them. Yeah, one of them yeah yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah go on Dave uh, match at night I'm going to give to the Orange Express and the Rockers oh that's okay yeah. yep yep um, to be honest with you, I didn't really feel the the sentimental attachment that you guys would have to the, enough, yeah. Hogan and Warrior match. I just thought, like from a kind of from a technical standpoint, the Orient Express versus the Rockers was fucking class. It was probably the 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 section <clears throat> of the show that I enjoyed watching most. Worst match of the night is going to be a fairly obvious one. It's Duggan and Bravo. Um, it might not have even been the worst in ring, mm-hmm. but I hate Jim Duggan. <laughs> I hate Jim Duggan so much that I might not sleep tonight. <laughs> so that's why totally. he gets worse. worse match okay. Uh, spot of the night. Yeah. I had to think about it after I had just said there a few minutes yeah. ago that I forgot that we do that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to give it, mm. and it's not necessarily a move, but I'm going to give it to Marty Jeanette falling over the rail. <laughs> I thought yeah. that was absolutely fucking fantastic. Yeah. I thought it was just like, like like you said earlier on, it was like, fuck it, I'm going for it. Like, yeah. And just threw himself over. He literally landed in a few kids' laps. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> How about that? Marty Jeanette. Two Get, spots yeah, nice. Two different two spots. Two different spots. Yeah. In a like five minute what match. What a guy. What a guy. Fair play to him. <laughs> He still rides his daughter, though. <laughs> <laughs> Holy hell. Holy hell. Okay. Yeah, so uh, that, that was it for me. Well, Darren, did you, uh, you didn't give what you your overall thoughts on the paper. Oh, yeah, did shit. Give us a little, um, my little overall thoughts were I was a bit perturbed yeah. and disappointed by how bad the majority of this show was because, as I said at the start, like in my, my mind, this was the greatest show that ever happened. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. Like, the build-up to this show within my family, I think this was the high point of wrestling for myself and my brothers, and after this, like, my brothers watched wrestling for a while after this, but it never really was as big with for, them as this, for, like, as yeah, this. Yeah. and then, like, they obviously fell out of it, and... You didn't. I didn't, and <laughs> I'm still here drinking cans, recording a podcast, fucking however many years later yeah, but like yeah. <laughs> yeah like so in my head this was gonna be the high point of wrestling history and then when I watched it I was like actually this was kind of shit but at least the main event while not a technical masterpiece no. it's still to me it does hold up like it's yeah. still like the crowd are unreal it's two characters who are as over as any other characters in history pretty yeah. much against each other and it's a good story and it's a surprisingly good match between the two people who are in it. Yeah. So while the overall show is very bad, the main event makes up for it. Yeah. So I'd say okay. it's if you're gonna watch this, watch the Rockers match and the main event, and yeah. skip the rest of it. But do watch the main event because it's worth it yeah. for the history of WrestleMania. Also, the Mean Gene and Bobby Heenan promo. Well, yeah, that was well. yeah. <laughs> and, and the Jake Roberts promo. Yeah. Yes. So what do you what do you think? Um, yeah, I would have similar sentiments. I feel it was massively overbooked. Yeah. If you do the math, if you give let's say let's call it thirty minutes for the main event, you've yeah. got a three hour long show. Yeah. And then you've got thirteen matches to fit in to three hours, mm. uh, and that's including 
promos, promos entrances, and, exits, and angles, after all, matches, yeah. after match angles, pre match angles, all that kind of stuff, which gives you the average length of a match, which is about three or four minutes. Yeah, or, like, like most of those matches were four minutes something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And combine that with the fact that there was no lead up to any of those matches, yeah. um, makes for yeah. a v- like. Why would no you build like? Why yeah. would why would you be invested in it as someone they, like you they know? They probably I mean? they probably concentrated too much on Hogan Warriors. Yeah, know? maybe. Yeah, I, mean, I guess. And again, this could the fact that I didn't get to like I think I think this was a class match. Yeah, like, I yeah. enjoyed it and stuff like, but I didn't really get as much of an emotional reaction as you guys might have. That might feed into why I'm kind of looking at it in this way. But uh, yeah, I thought it was completely overbooked. I think they could have done way more with less, and you know, put on a much better show. Um, but yeah, uh, Rockers versus the Orient Express and the main event and a few of the promos, a few of the, the kind of backstage pieces. Yeah. Really, they did they did shine through and they they those pieces would have been better than some of the stuff that we had seen on other shows. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So not an overall shit shit WrestleMania or anything, but uh yeah, not wouldn't be my top rated one yeah, at all. You know. So my match of the night is the main event. I think Rockers versus Orient Express is probably the, the most, the best match technically, as in in-ring work and what they do, but I think uh, storytelling was the main event is the better one, but obviously that's because the Rockers and the Orient Express wasn't built up, it was There's just, no they, here's to rest and tag teams, wrestle. Yeah, I can't really add on more to the main event, I had a good time watching it. Uh, worst match of the night, I am going to go for Roddy Piper versus Bad News Brown. <laughs> One, because the actual match from a technical standpoint was fucking awful. And two, from the storytelling st- standpoint, nothing made sense and it was massively racist. He had blackface mm. for no reason. It was never... Like, if they'd even tried to explain it and I didn't agree with it, at least I'd go, well, at least you tried. And the fingerless glove thing... What, did that make his hand better at punching? Was it loaded? That would mean it wasn't far. I don't know. Anyway, that might, and the fact that it was a double DQ or double countdown finish was just pointless and fucking irrelevant and just awful. Truly, truly awful. So that's why I thought it was the worst match of the night. Spot of the night. I'm going to agree with you, Dave, in saying it was the guardrail into the crowd bump of one Marty Gennetti because he was just like, fuck this. <laughs> Like if you showed that someone, you go, Jesus, was he not looking where he was going? <laughs> you know what I mean? You'd really think that the lad was blinded by the salt because he just fucking did it. And that was fucking, that was the business. Overall, as a pay-per-view, I'd agree with the kind of sentiments of you two in general in that 14 matches for a three-hour pay-per-view is not good. The fact that only two matches on the card went more than 10 minutes says a lot, really, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. If you're going to watch anything, I'd say watch Rockers versus Orient Express just because it's a nice tag team match for, like, from the 90s the main event uh, if you're into for its historical value and its historical significance watch it but otherwise Wrestlemania 6 is a skippable pay-per-view our next our next true pay-per-view episode is WCW's Capital Combat but before that Ooh. we're going to do a little special episode which is uh, a cross promotion between All Japan Pro Wrestling New Japan Pro Wrestling and the World Wrestling Federation in the US Japan Wrestling Summit Hmm. so uh, I don't have the card in front of me but off the top of my head I know that there's um, the Ultimate Warrior defending the world title against Ted DiBiase 
Bret Hart versus Tiger Mask. Class. And fucking class. Hulk Hogan versus Stan Hansen. Ah uh, no. Is another match, yeah. So there you really? go. Yeah. So there's a few matches that are gonna take place on that. We'll uh, hopefully have that in a month or two or whatever when you're listening to this. Right. You might be listening to this mad into the future and it's been released seven years ago. And we're on WrestleMania 11. And if by the odd chance that it's like a thousand years in the future and you're going through some sort of like database. Yeah, yeah. Or like, you know, some sort of like you found a USB key randomly yeah. somewhere. I hope you're doing well. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the WF World Heavyweight or WE World Heavyweight Champion? Or is it even called WA or, you know? Yeah, it's probably just, w. probably just called W, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not even, it's probably called SE, Sports Entertainment. Or A AWF, the Alien Wrestling Federation. <laughs> like one of those Nintendo games, those non licensed wrestling games from the <laughs> yeah. Oh no, just... all Elite Wrestling will have killed WWE by then. <laughs> <laughs> John Cena only had five moves. <laughs> John Cena sucks. Oh. That's very fair, Grant. That's very good. That's really well done. Oh, lads. No. Fuck's sake. Vince, Vince McMahon doesn't even know wrestling. So that was WrestleMania 6. We will see you for the wrestling summit. If you like us, Give us a like on iTunes or Spotify or something or whatever. Um, also, we're on Instagram at by God Almighty, B-A-H, God, G-A-W-D, Almighty. Uh, we don't use Facebook or Twitter because fuck it's off. Bollocks. Yeah, don't like it. <laughs> Facebook's for fucking dopes from 2009. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Instagram, we do updates there and we send shit out and post gifts or something. Anyway, bye bye, thank you. Toodaloo. Good luck. See you later now. for more happy days.
<laughs> Good work, guys. I mean, you were really great. Thanks, Al. Sensational. Hey, anyone try the fish tonight? That's not so good, Al. Not so good, Al. Yeah.